2: Oh, Come, Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 8th, 2015, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hi. And Mr. Bob Ryer. Good evening. And on the line with Ms. Stephanie Cook. Hola. All right, the gang's back together. We're, yeah. we're all here. Um, broadcasting live for all our Patreon members today. Yo, all? I get opened up to every, every donation level can listen to us this week. Oof. No one is right now, but I'm just letting you know that there could be people <laughs> <Yeah>. listening to us <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, we, we are here. I almost literally, I was taking a sip of this very nice beer that Steve brought us, this Montauk, Montauk Summer Ale. Mm-hmm. It was very good. And I'm sitting back, and I just totally forgot that I had to like introduce the podcast. So I'm sitting back, and all of a sudden, I realize this it's getting towards the end of the song. I remembered. And it was like this half a second of ab- abject fear in my brain. Get and it I,
3: together, Bobby.
2: Hey, you better shut up, Stephanie, or I'm going to tell your upstairs neighbor to murder you, just like you think she's going to.
3: She's not going to murder me. She's. Have you ever seen that episode of Criminal Minds where. No. <laughs> okay, well, there's this episode of Criminal Minds where they have to rescue these girls that are being kept sedated and they're living dolls. Basically, she dresses them up as her favorite dolls from her childhood and they're, like, paralyzed so they can't move. That's basically what she's going to do to me, but, like, as an animal. I'm thinking she's, like, torn between rabbit and cat on a personal (laughs) level, but I feel like when she gets to know me better, uh, and she will because she lives upstairs and she's crazy, um, she'll definitely choose cat and I fear I mean, I want I w- I would love to I be a fear. cat, but I also don't want to live in her apartment as a yeah. stuffed human cat. No.
4: Check your Mm-mm. ceilings to see that there aren't small holes being drilled to pump chloroform through whatever. Jesus, Bob, don't tell her these things.
3: Yeah, don't. That's not a mouse you were hearing scared. before. That's right. She, That's she's, she's a <laughs> um, It's scary. Uh huh yep yeah. so yeah so next time yeah, you're not on the good.
2: podcast is because you're now a stuffed cat in some woman's apartment
3: yeah. <laughs> you're
2: already practicing, but you can't make yeah. any noises if you're a stuffed cat.
3: Well, maybe I could. Maybe she'll put a voice not how, box not in how it me. works
4: though, like a squeaky penguin like in toy Story. yeah, yeah. excuse mm-hmm. me, ma'am. Why is your real life doll
3: crying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so real talk that might happen. I don't think my roommate will care that much because she'll be like, finally, I have more room in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff <laughs>
2: that's like something out of like a grant morrison book <laughs> yeah
3: yeah you're welcome grant morrison 100 you can, you can take that idea
4: did you hear the... please
3: make it like actually something that i can comprehend <laughs>
4: <laughs> even when you're stuffed out no
1: yeah no it's not gonna happen did you hear oh. the grant morrison news
3: from
2: yesterday no i did not
1: he is now the editor-in-chief at heavy metal Oh, really? I did not hear that. Yes. Very cool. I have no idea what that means for the future of heavy metal. (laughs) but
3: I didn't even know heavy metal was still going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. He's now the editor-in-chief, apparently, of that outfit. So
2: things might get very interesting very soon. That's absolutely, yes, I would say so. All right. Not that there ever have been, like, very normal. I'm just hoping for some, like, some epic music videos (laughs) with, like, people riding in on, like, (laughs) falcons and stuff.
1: (laughs) Stephanie, did you see that video of uh, Grant Morrison with that, that like, electro band from a few weeks back? Oh, that was amazing. I don't think so. Oh, my God, I got I haven't
3: it. had internet for a couple of weeks. Like, I, I got my internet back on Sunday, and I was as I was telling you guys, that resulted in um, the guy, the technician, leaving my back gate open at my new apartment and letting in a homeless woman who used my backyard as a toilet.
4: <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the neighborhood. Hashtag. Hash-
3: Hashtag downtown life. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 That was fun. That was fun. I, I don't know if it was a number one or a number two. Um, upstairs lady informed me of this.
2: Oh, okay. Because uh, I was going to say that, if, you know, I would say that if it was a number one,
3: if I you hadn't know. seen
2: it, if it was number one, you probably wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, you would... she,
3: saw, she okay. saw the woman... Um, I tweeted about it, too, and this, like, follower of mine was like, that poor homeless woman. I was like, who are you? No, no, my poor backyard. Like, don't pee in people's backyards. That's, like, Hobo 101.
1: Stephanie's going to have, like, one small patch of really awesome
4: grass. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a tomato plant yeah. going.
2: No, that's if she had got number two. She got a really yeah. awesome... We don't know, man. Maybe there's a third option. Maybe. A mix.
3: Okay. <laughs> the two. Yeah, it, it's been a it's been an interesting um six days in my new apartment so mm. far my just, roommate discovered yesterday that i'm very good at putting ikea furniture together um she was like who needs dudes when you have staff and i'm like fucking right <laughs> i am i didn't even use instructions for some of the things because i am just that smart did you,
2: just, did you just use the like the self peg maker in it so you could just put it together however you yeah. wanted to
3: No, I'm a genius, Bobby, so shut up.
2: Okay. Stephanie,
1: what's your your internet name in your apartment?
3: Oh, um, well, our Instagram, like, when you Instagram from our apartment, it tags as Bitch Palace. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Um, And our internet is BitchNet.
2: Nice. That's that's
3: awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone laughs when they come over. They're like, oh, boy. (laughs) Um, And our whole apartment basically... Like, I have so much art, and I have so many um, books and stuff. So, like, our whole apartment is, like, decorated with my art. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's cool. I'll take some photos and put some stuff up. Um, the, the, the lovely man-creature I've been seeing, he was, like, he, he's, he does, like, architecture stuff. And so he kind of, like, was, like, this is the best use of this space. This is, like, the best use of this space. And then he went to, like, my room, and he was putting up on my bookshelves, and he made, like, a library in my room. Wow. So I have, like, a nice little library with, like, aisles and stuff. Which is pretty amazing, considering how small my room is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Things, things are coming together. It's been.
2: Did you just call him much- the wonderful man creature that you're seeing?
3: Yeah. I did. <laughs> I did. I <laughs> did.
2: Is this, like, part of every possible way not to say the word boyfriend?
3: Silence. Um, I mean... I, the, shut up, Bobby. <laughs> Don't point out my flaws. That's not a
4: flaw. Don't it's point a, out my it's t- a quirk. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a quirk. Which is much okay. more charming than a flaw. Yes.
3: <laughs> thank you thank you there you
2: go and you know I'm very quick to point out your flaws Stephanie so you know it's, it's true that I'm not just being nice I
3: have a photo of you guys like beside me and like I don't even know why I take all this guff and then I still put this charming photo of you guys here and I'm just like ah talking comics then I'm like god damn it <laughs> well here so you, we can, you, you
2: can express both rage and happiness yeah At the same time, very
3: much love hate relationship. Absolutely,
2: (laughs) this is very different than what we started last week's podcast, which was to have like a twenty minute writing seminar.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I didn't listen.
2: I I know. (laughs) I said that on the show. (laughs) I believe. I believe it was Carolyn who was like, oh, Stephanie's listening, I was like, she's not listening."
3: (laughs) I've been very busy, Bobby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have been so busy.
2: I think you have a commute though, Stephanie. So that's the perfect time to listen to a podcast. Now that's still a commute, Stephanie.
3: It's like (laughs) fifteen minutes.
2: Yeah, that's uh, and
3: so. I don't have time to listen to stuff on my iPod when I have people asking me like every three seconds if they can have a smoke.
2: Okay, that, that's how you avoid answering people that question because yes. you put on your headphones and no one talks to you.
3: No, they do. I have like one of those personalities. They just come up to me anyways, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Let me tell you my life story." Cigarettes—that's <laughs> their life story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cigarettes are definitely their life story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. It's fine. It's you know, it's it's good. What are we talking about today, Bobby?
2: We have some. Uh, we have some more news to talk about. Last week we talked about a lot of Marvel announcements, and this wow. week there's a lot of them. There's like forty-five of them, Stephanie. Oh
3: my! We
2: had a three and a half hour long podcast last yeah. week. Oh
3: no! So
2: I do not <laughs> blame you. For not listening to it.
3: Uh, <laughs> My commute it's not that long. That would take me like three weeks to listen to. I know.
2: I know. Um, so um, we're going to talk about the announcements of this week about, at Image Expo. Because Image uh, had, uh, I guess now their biannual kind of convention. They have one in January and they have one in July. Uh, and they announce a bunch of new books. So we'll talk about that. Um, we, the DC also announced some limited series And we'll talk about those um, We have a couple listener questions And of course we're going to talk about We Stand on Guard as our shared book of the week Bobby Yes, Stephanie Did
3: you hear that they cast Electra?
2: I did hear that That's also on my list of stuff here um, El- El- I don't know, how- Elodie Young? I'm yeah. going to guess that's
3: how you say her name She was Jinx in G.I. Joe
2: Yes, that I remember I've seen her before in that But I, I saw the movie once And I don't really remember it very well so, uh, but it's awesome. I mean, they, I, I saw a picture like a picture of her next, like the comic book character and she looks, uh, right on mm-hmm. for that. I, I think the big part of this right, is that they're going to have Elektra in season two for sure now. So that's pretty cool. I'm
3: and positive. she's not Jennifer Garner.
2: Not, but I love Jennifer Garner. She's just not, it's just not a good movie though. It's a horrible movie. You love
3: um, Jennifer Garner? I
2: do love Jennifer Garner. I love Alias.
3: Okay. So, I was so, going to say in what?
2: in alias 13 but, going okay, on that's, 30 that's legit i've oh, never seen uh, alias i've only I seen like one movie. episode but. I, alias is awesome i also like i think 13 going on 30 is very charming yes <laughs> ruffalo oh. is great in it yes um it's you know it's like a very kind of standard one of those movies you know young person gets old kind of things you know that was started obviously by big um but uh i enjoyed that movie thoroughly i don't really she doesn't she doesn't do much anymore really um, she's isn't. getting divorced she's getting divorced uh, from Mr. Ben Affleck from Batman himself how could you not want to be married to Batman I don't know you can't but, but Batman can't have a relationship that's right that's true
3: <laughs> well, Batman can't have a relationship with someone in the Marvel Universe
2: that's true uh, <laughs> that's the rules they finally got to him they're like listen if you're gonna do this you have to get a divorce
4: I got he was some still- mail this morning <laughs> when he was still Daredevil it was fine it was once fine, he was yeah. signed up as Batman he Well, was they're dying. supposed to be together if he's Daredevil yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, they can't cross your like that. It's against the, there's some complicated rights issues yeah. with, with mm-hmm. that going on. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it's just crazy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, um, a lot of young. So I think it's cool that they're going to have Elektra in the second season. It seems a very packed second season. Or I think it was late last week. Uh, the new showrunner was talking about the season in kind of the terms of Punisher versus Daredevil. That was kind of the terms he was using. Do we know, are they dropping the bullseye?
1: Angle, because I heard a rumor that they were trying to get Jason Statham to be Bullseye.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was ever really an angle or if that was just one of those rumor things, you know? I I don't know. Um, But it seems pretty packed as it is. But I I guess even with Punisher and Electra, they don't really have a villain villain. You know, they don't have someone who's 100% a villain. Isn't uh, Kingpin might be in the second season? I'm sure he'll be in it in some sense, but I don't know if he'll. They'll go back to having him be the kind of centralized Hannibal Lecter type from his cell. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. absolutely. Um, and if and if they are ties to the first season with you know people of that thing where the person, that kind of sharpshooter on the building, has like a playing card in in his in his oh. bag. So and gets for some Kingpin hired. So maybe they have, they're looking for Bullseye. And they have to hire.
3: So sort of off topic of Daredevil, but still on the topic of TV. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been watching True Detective?
2: I have not. I have not. Actually, I never even watched the first season, to be really,
3: No. That no. actually, legitimately, not sarcastically, I know that it's hard because that's my native language, but <laughs> um shocks me because the first season of True Detective is, strikes me as one of the most Bobby things <laughs> ever. Like, I just think that, that you would love it. Yeah, I've heard
2: nothing but amazing things about it, and I actually got it for Christmas on Blu-ray, but I just have never sat down to watch it all the way through. It's oh, good. you
3: need to do that. Like, legitimately, you would love it. Yeah, I,
2: I, and I know I would love it. That's one of those things—those weird things where I know I would love it, and yet I still have not watched it. <laughs> um, but no, I haven't watched the second season. How is it so far, Stephanie?
3: It's different. Like the first season was so strong, and I think regardless of who you cast, what you did, it was still going to suffer from um, following up a really, like, near perfect—you know—kickoff mm-hmm. to the show. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people were really skeptical about Vince Vaughn, and uh, not even not really Colin Farrell. I think Colin Farrell is a really underrated actor. He's fantastic. Like in Bruges, mm-hmm. um, he's in this great movie called uh, Undine. Undine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is just amazing, and he's he's great. I think he was an excellent choice right off the bat. But Vince Vaughn, everyone was skeptical, and. I'm still not 100% sure if I'm on board the Vince Vaughn train. He's not a great dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. He's 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 still a goofball, but it's interesting this season. They um did a really crazy. There's the third episode aired on Sunday. I haven't watched it yet, but the second episode, like I actually stood up from my couch and was like screaming. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I, I like had this like freak out and I was like, "What the?" And then yeah. Um, anyone who's watched it will know exactly what I'm talking about, but I was like, this episode was kind of slow. Nothing ha- What? Like <laughs> Oh. Um So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I feel like there's not as much at stake this season. Like it doesn't feel as compelling to me.
2: They're not doing like the murder mystery thing again, right? No. Yeah.
3: Um they're sort of doing it again, but like it doesn't really feel like to me the main focus of everything is the murder mm-hmm. it kind of it's more about the people that are solving the murder mm-hmm. um if that i don't know it makes sense yeah rachel mcadams is
2: cool i'm sure I, I love her and she's rumored to be up for a role in dr strange oh that's right bringing it back to comic books look at yes. that <laughs> wow uh, as clea so i would be okay with that that would be pretty cool um so, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to more updates about True Detective from you, Stephanie, <laughs> in the future.
3: Well, I honestly just brought it up because I thought you would have seen it. Yeah. Steph,
2: have you seen Sense 8? No. You
1: need to I watch keep hearing
3: Sense8. such mixed things. Like, either people love it or they're like, this is actually the dumbest show that's ever been made.
1: I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think you would find it interesting.
3: I'm I'm going to check it out. I just set up my Netflix again. <laughs> yesterday Um, it's
1: let's put it this way it's worth watching and and supporting just for the the vast diversity that it has and it's filmed in all these different countries and all these different people from all over the planet it's it's pretty awesome i think you'd get into it
3: okay Um, i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna have to uh check it out my tv i'm is currently in our like uh, i have a roommate now and uh it's in our uh common area So I don't have, like, a TV in my room to watch. And, like, whenever I watch stuff, she tends to be like, I want to watch stuff with you so far. (laughs) So, which isn't bad. Ashley, if you're listening, I love you. (laughs) Um, My roommate's great. She's made me food every day. And she makes me lunches for work. (laughs) Today she made me a quinoa salad with mustard chicken. And it had caramelized onions and... Uh, mushrooms as well. And she made that for me for lunch. She made it last night so that um, it would be my lunch bag and I would remember it this morning.
2: Can I move in with your roommate? That sounds yeah, good. Right? Yeah, right?
3: She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. So she's made me homemade food every day since we moved in.
0: Mm-hmm. That's our pretty fridge,
3: awesome. Our fridge has so much food in it. I'm just like, what? What <laughs> is this? Is this the grocery store? Are we at the grocery store? Do I live at the grocery store? that's what it feels like. Cause there's food in there,
4: and that's life with Stephanie. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to whip some breakfast on her.
3: She made br- me breakfast. She made frittata, frittata, ta 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 ta, and
4: homemade hash browns.
3: And then she made bacon. And then yesterday, before we went to IKEA, she made me bacon and eggs. <laughs> I know. She's I know in it's cahoots crazy. with the woman upstairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: going to put you in There's the a oven. whole Hansel and Gretel situation yeah. going on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> They're in cahoots. going you know, like, to lead
2: you like, with comic treats
1: you into the guys, oven. guys,
3: don't. Don't make me paranoid about my roommate. I have enough to be paranoid about.
1: Like, oh, look, oh, look, a cat picture. Oh, look, a
2: cat
3: picture. Oh, look, a cat picture. I am definitely a three-second goldfish.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be, like, your roommate's going to be walking down the hallway just with, like, cat gifs on her phone, like, walking down <laughs> yeah.
3: the hallway. Come on, Stephanie. Come on.
4: Come on. You know you want to see this one. Yeah. It's true. It's
3: really
2: true. Um, I, I re-gift I re a gift. I re-gift a <laughs> gift, <laughs> gift the other day to Stephanie because we were talking about the Harry Potter stage play. Okay. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which J.K. Rowling wrote the story for, and it's, like, a continuation of the Harry Potter story, Yeah. Uh-huh. doing a play. And I re-sent her the Pandemonium one because <laughs> i was very excited awesome harry potter is like one of my top five favorite things ever so. yeah no i'm excited about that I yeah about that um so uh some some news dc announced some limited series uh this week uh all coming out in 2016 uh you know they have a set of them going out right now uh, bizarro batmite these are all limited series that, that are coming out um they're gonna they're gonna be doing more in 2016 swamp thing uh by len ween metal men by len ween raven by marv wolfman firestorm by jerry conway katana cult of the cobra uh by mike w Barr, poison ivy cycle of life and death by amy chu Ah! (laughs) metamorpho by aaron laplestry and sugar and spike by keith giffen um notable that especially because four of these are written by the people who created the characters in the first place so Len uh Co-created Swamp Thing with Bernie, uh, Bernie Wrightson. Mm-hmm. Um, Raven is created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Firestorm, Jerry Conway, and Katana by Mike W. Barr. So interesting that these ge- people are coming back and doing um, their characters again, and fact that they're uh, veteran creators, which absolutely, um, you know, the the landscape is kind of devoid of them in, in a, on a lot of books. So it's pretty cool that they're they're getting this chance to do um, these books. Uh, Bob. We'll get to what you're excited about in a second. What the hell is
4: Sugar and Spike? Sugar and Spike were little kids who did mischievous things. And they were created by Sheldon Meyer, who was the DC editor back in the 40s, and had created Scribbly the Red Tornado, which eventually became the real Red Tornado. It was Ma mm-hmm. Hinkle back then. And he, they, he did Sugar and Spike for years, and then they continued on all through into the 60s and 70s, and I'm sure somewhere along the way they guest starred with Superman, <laughs> World's <laughs> Finest, or one of those kind of you know, brave and the bold or something. But now we have Keith Giffen, who is pretty bizarre and somewhat twisted. And now they are grown-up private investigators. <laughs> I I do want to see that. I'm not sure how you, he's going Anyone could manage it except maybe Keith Giffen <laughs> to make this sort of work, because it'll be very meta, mm-hmm. certainly that. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Could be like Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters with, with Sugar and Spike. <laughs> um,
2: and which one are you the most excited for, Bob?
4: Well, there are two because, frankly, I have been saying for you as people have asked, what's your favorite sort of mm-hmm. lost DC character? And Metal and Metamorpho. Metamorpho was Bob Haney and Ramona Fraden. Back in the day, Metal was uh, Robert Kaniger and Andrew and Esposito. And their books I remember fondly as a kid and when metalman appeared in Justice League, that first issue was fun, and the second one was not for my money. they're light and fun and airy, very science fiction based lots of learning you can go on while you're doing this, this I love piece, learning. it is learning <laughs> there's learning you can learn about the melting points of metal and what the atomic number of stuff is and and very painlessly beyond there being a lot of fun you've got a whole b- in the metalman it's a whole bunch of robots each that are an element. There's iron and lead and gold and platinum and mercury and tin and so on and so forth, and I'm sure they'll add some more. The New 52 DC could not have had a number of these books, but definitely Metal Men and Metamorpho would not have been in tone what they had been before. It would have been pretty miserable. Now, with things changing, you go with a lighter tone, the way Batmite and Bizarro Mm. are, or even what Gotham Academy is, and go with Metamorpho, who's he, he gets his powers from a meteor that's inside a pyramid and turns into the element man mm-hmm. he can turn into any element of in anything, gas and solids and liquids and do all sorts of things it's kind of weird looking hmm. but he, he, it turns out he's stuck in this place because his boss who's the father of his girlfriend who also has a caveman who works for him which is fun named Java <laughs> it was always just goofy fun and brilliantly drawn and written and I think we're going to get that here and so I'm very excited that this DC allows for these things to happen. So more power to hiring all these veteran creators and bringing back some old properties. Right.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Bob, just so you know, you gotta you gotta kiss that microphone when you talk. You can't Ooh, you, you can't be relaxing back I like this. Can't lock? Then, okay. then it sounds a lot more hollow. You gotta be up on it like this so you God. get a little bit more it's of a this punch. New studio thing. <laughs> <laughs> gotta lean in. Um, in. Seventy. Obviously, you're most excited about Firestorm from that reaction that we had when we read out right the titles. <laughs> no, um, have you, uh, What do you think about Poison Ivy having her own miniseries?
3: I am pretty excited um, And it's not even just <clears throat> that it's Poison Ivy But it's even more specifically Amy Chu um, She's been doing a lot of great work in uh, comics And really building up a name for herself in the last couple of years And I think uh, she's going to be a great person To bring back Poison Ivy like this I think they're taking it in a new direction, they said in the synopsis and all that. Um, yeah.
2: Pardon me? I said, I said yes, Stephanie.
3: Oh, good. <laughs> I knew I was right, but I wanted to be polite because I'm still Canadian. Uh, just not with you, Bobby. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that it's going to be really interesting and I'm stoked.
2: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, what about you? Any of these that catch your eye?
1: I mean, I'm really excited for the Poison Ivy book as well, but if uh, I'm excited a little bit more for anything else, it would be the Raven book from uh, Marv, Wolf- Marv Wolfman, if I could get the words out. Uh, I like that character a lot from stuff that I've seen her in in TV, whether it be Teen Titans or... What was that show that had the... Young Justice? Yeah, is,
2: was she in that? No. Um, <laughs> I think a little bit, but you not... be not... quiet. I think around. a little bit she was, yes. It's really warm outside.
3: <laughs> no, I just liked... Bob being like young justice, and you were like, Is she? And then Bob's like, No,
1: (laughs) where have I seen her in something anyway? Um, my my point being, and this is this is perfect, I want to get to know more about her Mm -hmm. because obviously I don't know very much, (laughs) but I think she's she's very cool. I don't really dig her. Like I like her her I've seen her designed a couple of different ways. I like her younger design. I don't know what they're doing, like I understand the raven thing with like the beaky cowl and the the um the feathers on the cape and stuff like that. Some of that works for me, and then other stuff doesn't um I kind of want to see her come out from that a little bit and 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 show a little bit more of her face and maybe just bring her personality out a little bit more she's i'm it's in her character to be dark and to be cryptic and to be kind of like the gothy one of the bunch. But I think it would be cool if, if we get like a focused down book on that character to just see more of what she's about and not be part of an, a, a support cast.
2: I mean, she's the daughter of a demon. So okay. she's got that going for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She I
1: mean,
3: have a team up with Elsa.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm thinking of her design in
1: the new Mortal Kombat uh, DC game oh yeah yeah and just that's not for me like I've, I have like the Teen Titans I would rather have a variation of the Teen well, Titans well
2: yeah yeah one. I mean that's the but she still has like that black hood and like that like you almost like don't see her face it's like black with like little like lights for eyes kind of thing yeah this is her general like her her classic look um I mean I love the Marv Wolfman Teen Titan stuff so I, I, I'm excited to see what, what that would be um you know, uh I'm excited to check out all these I I swamp thing for me um is probably the probably one I'm most interested in because I love that character and uh he's been gone for a while and and I think that obviously we saw kind of that the sale like for a monthly book maybe the sales numbers don't really hold very well for that character. I mean even when Scott Snyder was writing it it wasn't selling particularly well. So I think that maybe a limited series is where that character needs to live for a little while but um especially having someone like lenween who created the character i think that's awesome and see that that mm-hmm. person returning to, to that character and you know I, I think there are other characters here like i i i become a big fan of firestorm um from both reading kind of the older comic incarnations and, and obviously from the tv show stuff that they, they've been doing this last year um and uh katana is interesting one to me to me as well i i think that Uh, Again she's going to be one of those characters they seem to be pushing kind of multimedia wise like you know she's in Arrow she's going to be in Suicide Squad so I think it'll be interesting to see what the original creator of the character can do in, in kind of a more modern context. And I'm sure sugar and spike will be ridiculous and, and crazy. Yeah. Uh, um and, and I will read it just for, for, for that reason. Uh,
4: what is the premise of the poison ivy? Does anyone know yet? I didn't see any of that.
2: Um there was something. There was a blur about it, but I don't have it in front of me. So the cover know. for it's amazing. Yeah, the yeah. cover for it is very cool. Um You know, they use the um they use the um the Metal Men, they use like the, the, the Johns issues for, mm. for that. So um I don't know if if that's going to be the the look they go with exactly for the, the finished thing or not. But, um, I, I think overall they haven't announced really any artists. I don't think no. for, for any of the books. So who knows what, what they're going to look like a, a, as it goes along. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see, takes the, say with poison Ivy cycle of life and death, writer, Amy Chu, um, takes the Batman villainess in a really new direction, uh, and it's fun twist in our character and where she's going to go.
4: So there's no description of, of story, okay. just
2: just you know, um, general thoughts, I guess,
4: on, right. uh, on what the series is going to be. there have been some weird theories around that she was sort of rehabilitated in that Sensation Comics number one, mm-hmm. where she, she gets turned, turned into much more of a heroine, <laughs> if not entirely so. Mm-hmm. And that aspect of her personality has been in some of her appearances since. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying any of those sensation things are canon, mm-hmm. but could be.
2: Yeah, I mean, Amy Chu wrote the Sensation as well, wrote an issue of yeah. that. So um, we'll, we'll have to see how that all goes. But it's a cool announcement. Um,
3: did you 20... hear... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Stephanie. Did you hear about the Hellboy announcement?
2: Uh, I did not.
3: Oh, well, let me inform you. Yes, please. So um iZombie co-creator Chris Robertson and uh, um, Michael Walsh of Secret Avengers are going to be doing a 12-page story um, called Hellboy the Winter Special. Interesting. So it's coming um, in January. And uh, yeah. That's
2: cool. I also heard that uh, John Arcudi did rumble right yeah he's leave he's been writing hellboy stuff for a while he's leaving that that mm-hmm. title oh wow. um after there's they're gonna finish off whatever arc they're on and they got one more mini i think mm. kind of in the can or they're working on it con- currently and then i think he's done with it and uh um, um sure. my camera's right in right now the dark horse Like editor in chief, whose name Scott Alley. Scott Alley, uh, thank you, Stephanie. uh, Tweeted about it and said, "They know it was completely. It was his idea. He wanted to leave. It was completely amicable. So not not like not a controversy, but he is leaving the title."
3: Yeah, Uh, and then um, Mignola also announced that um, uh, Robertson is going to be the co-writer for Hellboy and the BPRD. Oh, cool! Uh, He's going to be working alongside Paulo Riviera.
2: Oh, nice. That's that's a pretty cool team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah,
3: that's awesome. And again, Scott Alley will be overseeing all of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that that's going to be pretty cool.
2: That is pretty awesome. Pretty it's funny now that awesome. you mention
1: uh, the Arcudi thing. That makes a lot of sense why Rumble was so damn good. Yeah, for all the the Hellboy uh, pedigree. Yeah, <laughs> it felt it, it felt almost like an like a Elseworlds uh, Hellboy story mm. a little bit.
2: Interesting. Mm. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our lightning rounds, huh? Yeah. Um Stephanie, I know you have a lot of books to talk about. I do. In your lightning round. I do. Um, so I'm gonna have you go first. Alright. Perfect. <laughs> Would you rather me have you follow Bob? Is that no,
3: that's, no, this uh, is a good? Uh, one.
2: Okay. Alright. So three minutes, Stephanie, and go.
3: I read Prez. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. <laughs> 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 that's more it.
2: What was what was uh, what didn't you like about Prez?
3: Um, it it wasn't bad, but like I I got into um, I picked it up because I found it was an interesting concept, and I was just I, I just found it really hard to follow. It was it was like that they they took a lot of the stuff um, from the new Batgirl, you know, the kind of um, social media hashtagging and kind of this futuristic um, way to kind of present the world and how uh, invested in, you know, um, media we are. and But it just didn't work. Like, it was too distracting. It was too much. And the plot was really diluted by just, it, it just kept jumping back and forth all over the place. And um, I just did not like it. Will not come back. (laughs) Nine out of ten doctors do not recommend. Um, I am nine of those doctors. The
4: original wasn't very good 40 years ago either, so don't feel bad. Um,
3: Mm. The other thing I read was the case of the crazy cat lady upstairs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's by um, some people. You probably wouldn't know who they are. Um, And it involves this lady, and she kidnaps people. Um, She lures them into her backyard by leaving the gate open. Um, And then the homeless people come in, and she locks them in and sedates them and turns them into stuffed animals.
4: And it's by Steve Niles and Francesco (laughs) Francovillo. Yeah.
3: Oh, my God, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and these people are homeless. Um, and so no one really knows that they're missing. And uh, she just collects them. And uh, no one ever really finds them because her place is a hoarder's paradise. And, um, yeah, it was intense. Um, very scary. Like, I genuinely, as I read this, feared for my life. Um and um, yeah, now I sleep with a nightlight and my door's bolted. Sounds it sounds very
2: sinister. Very true to yeah. life, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations, Stephanie. You filled two minutes and 40 seconds with absolute nonsense. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was nonsense, Bobby. I think it was...
2: <laughs> you're gra- you're you know, really Bobby, doing a great job of not proving my point.
0: <laughs> <Bobby>. <laughs> All right. Oh,
2: Steve, you ready? I you, have, y- books. Y- you gotta you have books. You got to follow that. All right. So <laughs> well, intimidating. Can it do it. Jesus. All right. You have three minutes on the clock and go. So I read Empty Zone
1: from Image Comics. Uh, it's Jason Sean Alexander writing and art. It's this crazy story about a kind of. You want to think of like a white, long-haired um, Furiosa. She's got this mechanical arm. She's living in this crazy, uh, technologically driven future, and she basically she she gets attacked and comes to like she what she assumes to be a few hours later. Her head hurts. She doesn't know what happened. She has this. Like she has problems sleeping. She has this kind of like crazy fever dream in the middle of this attack and then comes to find out from her friend that she had been um, she'd been out for 10 hours. And she missed an appointment to make some kind of like drop. She's kind of like a runner for tech for technology and stuff like that. She has an ability that other people don't have in, to, in order to gain technology from others. Um, just one of those books that by the end of it, I was really intrigued and, and really want. Like, I want to find out what happened during those 10 hours. It's kind of like a not a whodunit because there isn't any murder, but like what happened to her? Why? Why is this person from her past coming back? And what did he do to her? And. Why is it that she's not sleeping? And just all these questions that I have that aren't like, oh, I didn't get these answers. So I don't want to read this anymore. It's like, I don't have these answers yet. I'm going to keep reading. Cause I, I want to know. Mm. So that was really cool. Uh, I got to check out a book called eight house arc light. Number one, also from image. All oh, my books are image books today. Um, it's by Graham and churchland. I'm assuming those are their last names describing this book. First of all, the artwork is positively just gorgeous. Um, I really kind of Noelle Stevenson esque, but maybe a little bit something from um like what would you say that even is? I don't know. It's it's it's, 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 little it's Becky Clunan? Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah, okay. A little bit of Becky Clunan. Um it's it's a really, really strange uh tale about this kind of uh fantasy world where the borders of their of their world, I don't know what lies on the outside of it, but the borders of their world are dying. And people's, uh, their bodies are being taken over by these spirits and this kind of, uh, governess type, uh, inside of the kingdom has decided to venture out beyond the border and try to repair it. And a while back, her body was stolen and replaced by this, like, tendril-like tree figure thing inside of a rope. Really, really bizarre stuff. I mean, pick it up for its it's gorgeousness and kind of read it for this really really bizarre story i have no idea where it's gonna go but i'm definitely picking up uh number two because i just thought it was great uh and the other one i want to talk about really quick is mythic number one from uh image comics this was only a dollar 99 and it was really cool really quick it's about a guy working in like a pawn shop woman comes in uh it goes bad he ends up fighting a bunch of uh
2: I'm finishing my Ugh. thoughts on this, because this is actually really cool. No, it isn't. I know. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Did we? Well, you weren't on the show. Stephanie and I talked about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> no, right. but what did you think of it? What did you think of it? I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh,
1: I like the idea. I mean, the one thing that I wanted to mention from it is, um, like, these people basically go to this, like, this desolate desert thing where they've had a drought, and they explain to the people that are researching the drought that they're a group of people that know things about our world that we don't know because before time was time, we've been lying to ourselves about what reality actually is. Like the sun doesn't actually rise. It's being pulled Mm -hmm. by, you know, a chariot every morning or whatever. Um, Earthquakes are not earthquakes. They're twin lizards fighting below Mm -hmm. the ground. And basically we've, we've been lying to ourselves Mm -hmm. for as long as we've been around. And I just, I like that concept. Mm-hmm. I like I like that concept of not being safe or, or knowing from our our own reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we we make our we make a different reality for ourselves every time we wake up. Mm-hmm. And if every day you woke up and everything you have ever learned ever is a lie, that's a pretty interesting world.
4: Giant okay. lizards under the ground would be very interesting.
1: Yeah,
2: the sky needs to f the mountain.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean I'll all I mean I think the, the second issue of, of Mythic is out now. It is. I didn't pick it up because I didn't read the first one, but I'll I'll check it out. Uh but the other ones, Empty Zone and Arc Light, are, are definites as far as um adding them to my polis. Is
2: Light Brandon Graham? Is what? Is Light written written by Brandon Graham? Wolf. We'll is that his first out. name? Um it is
1: f- Then as Probably we, at
2: the end. No credits
1: in this thing. I don't see Oh here we go. Uh. <laughs> uh marion churchland
2: is art and colors yeah. and brandon graham's story yeah he uh you know he's uh multiple warheads and he did profit for image as well
1: ah oh. uh, that explains why i liked
4: it yeah um Ooh, this is way way off topic mm-hmm. surprise I, I just saw there's a video game coming out steve that ties into a book that you were loving What's up? You build your own fallout shelter, apparently, and keep yourself <laughs> hidden away <laughs> while the whole world goes to hell in a handbasket <laughs> on the outside.
2: Yeah, talking fallout? He's talking about fallout. But if you're yeah. talking about fallout shelter, the iPhone yeah. game where you had to make the thing yeah, that's already out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's around right. late. What it's do right. I know? Um, all
4: right, Bob, you ready? Sure. You got three minutes on the clock and go. Starting with Empire of the Dead, Act 3, number three. And This series has just been great since issue one. And the momentum just never seems to slow down. And here, the forces that have been at work all through this thing have now come into a final confrontation, and it looks to be epic with a whole war above New York. And uh, there's a blimp. There's a blimp. I mean, you got to love a blimp. So I, I'm being vague, and I know that many of you are trade waiting, so I don't want to spoil this, but this third act is going to end up being more than worth waiting for. So check that one out. Masks 2, number 4 is Cullen Bunn and Ramon Casalos. And this issue gets very science fiction-y, timey-wimey, as the assembled heroes learn of the origin of the Red Death, which apparently has been created using a device that the spider made himself. And the Green Llama puts it, poison time itself. Ooh. So, great pulpy fun, but a lot of modern stuff going on here. Cullen Bond's just really hitting this one out of the park. Then there's Squirrel Girl number 7, where Doreen visits the Avengers for some mythology advice, which doesn't go as too well and frankly neither does her skirmish with rat oscar the north squirrel god which is actually a real thing you could look it up (laughs) it's just another great issue i really hope this will continue afterwards like i fingers crossed not not announced yet but let's just hope uh this goes on because this has been one of my favorite books from one of my favorite new creative teams then there's years of future past number two and It continues to have really deep connections to X-Men 141, 142, Excalibur 65 to 67, but it's all new as well. It has still got a modern voice to it, and there's a lovely, huge, full-page monologue by Colossus that I'm not going to try to sit here and read during a lightning round, but what it comes down to is human hate can adapt to anything. That's true. And when we're talking X-books over all these years and what that's all meant to you, hated and feared by the world that's warned to protect, so on and so forth, this has just been a brilliant, uh, brilliant run so far through two issues by Marguerite Bennett. Can't wait to see more as we go on. I think it's five. These are all five-issue things. I think so. Things. Just really, really super. So that's it for me. All right. 43 seconds left for Bob. Well, I, I would have filled those 43 seconds well why did you say that's it for you then because i'm it because that's being spoken about oh right that's right oh, right. oh see steph i'm looking out for you
3: <laughs> you're the best <laughs> thank you bobby on the other hand <laughs> i'm shaking
4: my head where am i
2: in all this i didn't even do anything that time i did nothing <laughs> bob said yeah, he could but have filled i'm
3: the- preemptively giving you shit prophylactically yeah. Oh man! All right, I
2: put my three minutes on my clock and go here. All right. Yeah,
3: do it, God! Stop wasting time. All right. Um,
2: the spirit number one from Dynamite. Uh, interesting book. A book about the spirit that doesn't feature the spirit. Uh, <laughs> here's a search for the spirit. It's, it's a Matt Wagner and Dan Chakad. Shack- um, it was interesting, but I don't have an I don't have any knowledge of the spirit really very much at all. I don't have a lot of, um. No, no, you know, I don't really have a connection to the mythology at all. So mm. references to the character and searching for the character doesn't really mean a lot to me. So I don't know if I'm going to go for number two. Um, Secret Wars number four, I, I thought was really interesting. Uh, good read. I think it's the best issue yet. Um, really crazy ending to the book a, a, as well. A, and I think it's been a cool ride and I, I like how everything's is starting to shake out. Uh, Future Imperfect number two. Uh, I almost called him Larry David, Peter David <laughs> and Greg Land. I I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really cool thing. They, They kind of re they kind of redo who the thing is in in some ways and this alternate thing you know whatever whatever earth he's from which i thought was a pretty cool twist on on kind of the rivalry between the hulk and the thing um so that was fun and i want to see where it goes uh red skull number one uh williamson is the writer on that one and i I thought that was really cool didn't go at all the way i expected it to go um but was an interesting take uh, on this character and and what it all means and this kind of ragtag group of bad guys that that or not even bad guys ragtag group of like almost suicide squad that that goes in to try to find this character i thought was very cool uh green lantern number 42 um this is the second issue back after after um the convergence kind of not reboot but um jumping on point and and i love it i think it's a really really great take on the character i think the art is also really awesome i think billy tan is his name um i'm I'm really excited to see where this one goes forward. Um, Airboy, number two, Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson. I, I just don't yeah. have anybody's name. James Robinson and it's Greg okay. Hinkle. It's okay. That's what it is. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's really weird, really kind of fucked up, really mean-spirited in a lot of ways, but I think it's a really interesting take on this kind of adaptation type of story. Um, and uh, 18 Days, number one, from Grant Morrison. Um, it's put out by Graphic India. I'm trying. To, I'm gonna find the artist here. Uh, Javon J. Kang is, is the artist here. And what's interesting about uh, 18 Days is there's actually a book out, which is kind of like almost it's kind of some script pages, and it's kind of it's like some pre pre-production work on it and it kind of goes over the story that's out already It's been out for years at this point it's a nice hardcover but this is actually the first issue of the series and what it does is it draws on indian mythology um and uses that as kind of a shorthand rather than kind of greek or roman or norse or, or western mythology and you know it's interesting because there are all these characters these giant crazy epic battle going on and i don't know any of it but apparently it's very, very familiar to anyone who is part of that culture. So I I find it kind of fascinating to be digging into someone's, uh, another, another, another culture, um, and kind of getting culture lesson through the comic book format. Um, made me interested in to know what the rest of it was like. So, um, it's crazy though. It's, it's got beautiful art. Um, and it's, sometimes very confusing if you can if you can imagine
4: a multi-armed gods and yes with elephant heads and all the from grant the usual, morrison yeah if you can imagine those it, all together sort of
2: confusing yeah yeah um but I, you know i was like oh i don't know any of this stuff you know is this his imagination and he has a letter in the back like an essay in the back where he talks about
4: where he drew the inspiration from huh? and what
2: he's doing so it seems like a cool read i i i'm interested to see where, where it goes from here yeah.
4: I looked through Future Imperfect in the store because I was told by, I can't tell you how many people that I needed to see Future Imperfect number one, that the last Mm. page was going to make me squee with delight. Mm. And I did pick it up and looked at it, and yes, it was. And then in number two, I was disappointed <laughs> at some level, but mm-hmm. what they're doing, what Peter does makes a whole heck of a lot of sense in an alternate realm, mm-hmm. and it does add something really special to that brawl, and it's a brawl. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a big-time a big brawl.
2: One. It's a big-time brawl, and it, I say, like I, I kind of poo-pooed on Greg Land last week. Um, I think that the art in this book looks really nice, so I, I'm interested to see if, if he can keep going with that kind of style throughout it.
4: I think, honestly, from about two, three issues in to the Mighty Avengers run, he began to find mm-hmm. a different way. Now, whether that was something from al ewing and just the way it was put out and then maybe working with someone like peter david mm-hmm. it's just it's not so static it's no not it's not so posy it's and his action sequences are always good in the old days but there'd be one page of that every six mm-hmm. looking much better yeah it definitely looks much better uh and
2: i like i like the story a lot in it so but i read it, it's fine i read it and when they did the beginning which i mean the thing is like it's very the beginning the thing is in ben graham in, in the right. book i was like Bob, but this is, like, is going to make Bob less interested in reading it. That's the first thing I thought when I when I when I looked through it. But I had a lot of fun with it. It's one of the ones I'm liking the most, and and I like, uh, and I Peter David did it. He didn't do it so much in the first issue of this, but it was very much in the original thing. It's very much that like 2099, yeah, language like they say shocking in it, you know, uh, you know, and and they use kind of the the different. Vernacular and language that he kind of developed with those future books that that he was writing for a while. This
4: is one of the ones I definitely want to own as a trade. Mm. I can see no matter where this goes from here, it, we've already had a nice jumping off point, and it'll be a wonderful little Elseworlds to put with the original. Mm-hmm. So that's that's much to be said. That was a great miniseries back in the day. So
2: yeah, I really enjoyed it when I went back and read it. I, I yep. had a really good time reading it. So excuse me. Um, all right, so that's that's our lightning round. Let's talk about Image Expo a little bit here. Sure. Um, This happened on the second, which I guess was Wednesday, the day after we recorded. Never fails. Never fails. If the comic industry had had its way, Bob, forty-five Marvel books and these twenty Image books would all been announced on the same day. Yes, Um, that's what you do. Yes. So I'm going to run through a couple of uh, uh, the list really quick, and then we'll kind of talk about the ones that we're excited about. So, um, they're doing an Invincible reboot. same same team Robert Kirkman Ryan Otley, uh that they're going to be doing uh Ruby will begin with issue number 124 and it's set to launch on October 21st um codename babushka the conclave of death it's a great title yes uh from writer Anthony Johnston um for the f- the Fuse um and uh Shari Chakankama who did uh, I think
3: Chakakan Chakankama yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Sh- um, somebody was gonna do that. Thank you, step <laughs> Um, it says "sheltered" on here, but did you do covers because that was Johnny Christmas was the interior artist. Did he ever take an issue off? Mm, I don't know. I remember that name. I'm pretty sure it's covers. Yeah, maybe it was some covers. Um, anyway, but anyway, so uh, and the sisters' lock are the uh, here. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, camp midnight. Um, from Stephen T. Uh, Siegel. Um. And New Yorker artist Jason Adam Katzenstein. Um, which is a it's an original two hundred and fifty six page graphic novel. Set to hit stars in October twenty fifteen. Um and we'll go over some of the you know the ones we're excited about, we'll go over the kind of the synopsis mm-hmm. of those. Blue Monday, Thieves Like Us. Um, it's uh, China Clugston Flores and uh, Blue Clover uh, Yeah, wait, yes, that's the names. Okay. Wait, hold on a second uh u.s uh, makes its uh makes a time return with an all-new series from eisner and harvey winning nominated cartoonist china Clingston flores okay no blue clover victor allen those are the character names uh uh-huh. <laughs> i think uh Chaka might be a colorist um no a- maybe
1: unsheltered because oh unsheltered gotcha un- um because it's uh, ed uh ed Burson was the story art yeah. by johnny christmas cover by johnny christmas uh uh-huh. but the the I con
2: what is it? <laughs> <laughs>
4: um See what you did, Steph?
2: Yeah. Hold on a second here. I'm going back up here. No, it's shocking I, that I, I was Shari, Shari, uh Hama. Okay. Chakhama.
1: Um I'm assuming it's Colors because that that name does appear
2: on and I'm pretty sure it was every issue. Okay. That makes sense. That really makes sense. Maybe making the leap? Um there's t- yeah, there's two Blue Monday books uh coming out. Uh Scooter Girl. Um and that's also China Clungston Flores, uh, and then we also have Throwaways, um, which is I don't like the way they, they do the creative town here. They have like big paragraphs, and the creative town is like hidden. Oh, that's Katen Kitler. That's the Katen Kittridge book that's coming out um, with art by Steve Sanders, Sunset Park, um, which is uh, um sorry, I'm Ron Wimbley. That's, that, that's, that's who's doing that one. Slave Punk. Ron Lee also is doing Slave Punk. Uh, Cry Havoc is written by Simon Spurrier with art by Ryan Kelly. Uh, we have Black Magic written by Greg Rucka with art by Nicholas Scott. Uh, we've got Crosswind. <laughs> Bob seems excited about yes. that. Uh, with, uh, written by Gail Simone with uh, art by Cat Staggs. Uh, the Goddamned written by Jason Aaron with art by R.M. Guerra. Um, we've also got um, it, it, uh, an older book getting re-put re out The Other Side, a deluxe edition that, that was originally by Jason Aaron with art by Cameron Stewart. Um, Heartless, which is written by uh, Warren Ellis and with art by Tula Latoy, who were the team did that Supreme uh, Blue Rose book. Huck, written by Mark Miller, um, will team it with artist Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, we've also got they are also they're releasing Private Eye as a deluxe hardcover. The um, Marcos Martin Brian K Vaughn Digital Only series is coming out. They also announced that kind of that tandem that Brian K Vaughn is going to write a Walking Dead comic for Panel Syndicate, which is the online his mm. online service. Yep. Um Shot, S- sorry, Snot Girl, uh mm-hmm. written by Brian Leo O'Malley and 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 drawn by Leslie Hung. Um what is the premise of Snot Girl? You want me to read it out? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, read the, I'll read the press release. New York Times bestselling writer Brian Lee O'Malley teams up with artist Leslie Hung, colorist Mickey Quinn, and literal designer Mare Odomo for Snot Girl, a dark comedy set in the world of fashion bloggers. Uh, Snot Girl is funny and fucked up, O'Malley warned. It's full of fascinating characters you'll love to hate. The art is lush and beautiful. And this is the description. Lottie is a huge success. She's she's blog famous her online persona is flawless and fun but her real life is filled with woes she has terrible allergies and she got dumped <laughs> and her blogger friends don't understand her things turn around when lottie instantly clicks with caroline a new girl on the scene but can she turn chemistry into friendship or will she ruin anything um so that, that's the that's the new uh brian Lee O'Malley book uh virgil um which i'm guessing this is a virgil original graphic novel this is virgil ogn this is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, written by Steve Orlando, who wrote Undertow and is currently writing uh, Midnighter. And uh, murder book artist J.D. Faith. Uh, let's see. We've got Hadrian's Wall, um, which is Kyle Higgins, Alex Siegel, and Rod Rice, who were the team behind Cowl. Um, we've got Accend, uh, creator, writer, artist Shane Davis, alongside inker Michelle Delecky. Uh We've got Faster Than Light, written and drawn by Brian Haberlin. Um, we've got expired, written by Jimmy Robinson and art by Richard Pace. Uh, the One Percent, uh, writer, artist, director Kyrie Kyle Andrews, um, is is doing that one. Ringside, ongoing drama, written by Joe Keating with art by Nick Barber. Um, we've and that's that's it. Those those are the announcements. Uh, so Steve, were there ones that you uh, were especially excited about?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, here. Let me go up in the list a little bit. I mean, a lot of these I'm going based on description and cover art. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's all you
2: have. So yeah, I, what else yeah, are you going to yeah, do? Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, I think the Blue Monday books look really cool. That mm-hmm. teaser image with the, the girl with the big blue eyes and the blue hair and the red ribbon kind of coming down in between. Uh, just like it. What was that Um, that book that they announced in January with the newspaper girls or something like that? News? I Anyone? Not, I do not
4: no. know. <laughs> Newsies. Newsies, too. <laughs>
1: There was Stephanie, do you remember? She's What's prob- the story. <laughs> when image back in January they announced a series um about girls who were like delivering newspapers or something like that.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, the one with um it's the Brian K. Vaughn one.
1: Oh, with the Jenk paper girls?
3: Yes. yes, yes. Okay. That's it.
1: Um just like that image got people excited. The this image has, has me excited. I think I think she looks very cool. Um Camp Midnight Sounds like it would be fun uh for me. I kind of like those uh all ages horror books uh they're always a good time, and I mean, so many of these look really cool. tomorrow's looks really great.
4: Sunset Park looks interesting I'm interested you me uh, on that one again. I wrote it down and forgot to write what it was about.
1: Do you want me to sure all right something's up in Sunset Park, and it ain't just the rent are brooklyn's uh gender fires more than an economic yes. more than economic vampires? Uh, cartoonist draws a macabre story from a collection of notes, journals, movies, and other ephemera. Uh, he finds boxed abandoned in the studio. He recently rented along the latest front line and gentrifications, relentless march over Brooklyn and Sunset Park. That Salt. sounds kind of cool. Right. Um, the image is really cool. The, the,
2: like the, the, cover image. They yeah. Like that's is what I'm awesome. saying. It's like yeah. 70s kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's so much color in it. Yeah. Like, it, it looks, it looks pretty brilliant. Uh, and I'm also interested in reading Slave Punk. Mm uh i i i, I again mm. the image that they that they yeah. just there's like a very serene uh looking field, although i'm sure that there are many hardships contained within <laughs> and uh i'm curious yeah i i would like to read that kind yeah. of stuff
2: bob i'm gonna let you guess which one i'm most excited about mm, nope no, no guess black magic Okay. Was, damn it, that was the one. <laughs> written by Greg
4: Rucka with art by Nicola Scott. Yeah, I'm for the. I'm on that one, too.
2: Um, it's. I'm calling it Witch Noir because it's not quite crime and it's not quite holy about the supernatural, but the two are somehow dancing together. And with Nicola's art, it's turned into a beautiful dance indeed. I've been waiting six years to share Rowan's story with the world, waiting even longer to get to work with Nicola on something creator-owned. This is that chance, and we're both seizing it. Black Magic follows Rowan Black, rob, a robbery homicide detective in the city of Portsmouth, and the latest in the line of traditional witches who can trace their lineage and memories, back to before the Library of Alexandria burned down. Rowan has carefully built a wall between her professional life and her faith, but now that barrier is cracking. The magic is the power to impose one's own will on reality, or does that leave the rest of us? Yeah. I think they said it's like eight issues, I think they said, and they're kind of like big magazine format issues uh, to
4: have, have Nicholas scott's art expanded up into that size i mean she's just amazing so mm-hmm. that should be really special and greg rucka yeah so absolutely
2: the... and the other one i'm really excited about is the goddamned um, Jason Aaron and RM Guerra uh, before the great flood the world is filled with violence and wickedness in just a couple thousand years humanity has gone from paradise to depravity and ruin God is beginning to seriously regret having ever created man in the first place <laughs> welcome to the world of the Goddamned, an all new ongoing series to launch from Image Comics November 2015 just before the biblical flood in a world so out of control with violence and depravity God is just about to pull the plug it's part caveman adventure story, part stark and brutal western, said Aaron. And did I mention there are dinosaurs? Imagine oh, if wow. Quentin Tarantino was hired to direct the movie version of the book of Genesis. That's pretty much what we're aiming for. Well, that does
4: sound fascinating, doesn't it? I'm pretty yeah.
2: psyched about that. And I'm really, really psyched about Private Eye coming to print. Um, I read the first kind of you know volume of that and i really loved it i just haven't kept up with it for for whatever reason and i'm really excited to see that in print and be able to kind of have it on my shelf and just sit down and and, you know with a cup of coffee or a beer and just read through it so really really pumped about that um stephanie what are you excited about the for image
3: um i'm kind of excited about ron wemberley's titles Mm -hmm. um what is it sunset park and Slave 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 punk yeah yeah. Um he did a book called um What is it? Um
2: Nailed it S- Stephanie.
3: Shut up, Bobby. <laughs> um Ah, oh, it's like King of Cats. It sounds, it's it's sounds ra- cats.
2: it sounds right up your alley. King's, it's
3: not about cats. People. King City? It's not.
2: <laughs> I was the cat?
1: <laughs> I was the cat. King City? No. You know, no I was no, the cat was uh King of Cats. Just trying yeah. to help. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's King of Cats. God damn it! I'm not excited about the Invincible reboot. Maybe if someone else was writing it, um, like, give it up. Give it up. Um, you the had prince, the prince of, the you prince had like cats. twelve thousand issues. The Prince
2: of Cats, seven. Eight. Prince
3: of Cats, whatever. See, you, you give him a, you give him
2: a, a raise.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Still, Royal Cats. That one. <laughs> Um, I, I think Babushka kind of looks like a possible like it's like Anthony Johnson, read red one, and was like, "What if I did this but better?" Um, you know, like maybe not so cheesecakey, maybe not so awful. Well, and you have, like, to, you'll, yeah. you'll, have
2: to, you'll have to see when it comes out because he can not make that call yet.
3: <laughs> well, he says that it's. A kick-ass female hero in the style of James Bond and modesty, modest, modesty, blase, 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 modesty, blaze. blase,
2: blase. No, blase is not a, like an exciting word.
3: Yeah, says you. <laughs> yeah, it's the enigmatic, enigmatic, ign- 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 enigmatic Stephanie. Fine, Contessa <laughs> is a wealthy socialite, the last heiress to a noble Russian line, and secretly a deadly assassin. Blackmailed by the U.S. government to carry out dirty jobs, even the CIA can't 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 sanction. Oh, she's got nothing to lose and everything to fight for. Code name Babushka. <laughs> That's a ridiculous name, but no, I'm isn't. into it. <laughs> it's a great little name. Babushka. Midnight looks fun too.
2: It does look fun. Yeah, I like I like the art the uh, images they put out for that. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Bob, what are you excited for? Crosswind. Crosswind, yeah. Why? Do we have the description. Well, Gail Simone, first of all, <laughs> and Cat Stags. I've liked some that she did a Sensation issue that I really enjoyed, yeah. if I remember correctly.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna the I think she gonna going to find that. I
4: think she did a lowest part of that lowest lane issue too, as I recall. Huh. I think I could be very wrong now because now I'm riffing entirely, trying to fill
2: time. No, you can go to the next thing. I'm gonna. I gotta no, find. No, that, that's really. It There's like because, 25 books they announced. So I gotta right, find. Black
4: it. Magic was the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole idea of Greg Rucker doing something in this sort of realm in a larger scale format, it's going to be, for those who remember the old creepy and eerie horror books from the 70s, where it was just filled with people like Bernie Wrightson and Gray Morrow. Mm. And it's just perfect to really enwrap you in those realms where things are not quite what they seem. Right. A little dark, little strange.
2: Uh, Crosswind is the cutting-edge story of a suave, sharp hitman from Chicago and a seemingly unremarkable housewife from Seattle and how they accidentally end up switching lives. It's a suspense fantasy full of sex, violence, and the blackness of humor. Written with sardonic wit by Gail Simone and suddenly realized by Kat Staggs, Crosswind will be one of the most talked-about books of the year. Thank you, Image, for
4: letting us know yes. that this book will be much talked about. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it somewhere, I'm sure.
2: Uh, Simone, assured fans, "This is this is the comic that... Might make Dr. Wortham come back from the dead to try to ban <laughs> comics again.
4: So, so there you go from that. I, I needed my lady killer fix, and since Joel Jones, that's going to be off the table for a while, we have this, mm-hmm. which is even more violent, apparently, and sexier, and <laughs> darker, and bannable. I, I'm is sure there I will. Is bannable?
2: Yes, definitely. Sure it is now. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I won't understand what's going on in Heartless, Warren Alice, and Tula Latoy. No. I like the cover for that the one. The cover's too. awesome. Um, I didn't understand anything was having in Supreme Blue Rose, so no. I won't. I don't think I understand anything in that. And um, I want to read Huck mostly because Raphael Albuquerque is the artist. I, I'm very hit and miss with Mark Miller.
3: I I heard this um, thing about Mark Miller or Millar or however you want to pronounce it um, the other day, and now I'm just like, I mean, I was pretty much like off of his stuff, anyways. But now I just want him to disappear from comics. <laughs> like he apparently wanted to write an arc like that was the rape of Wonder Woman? Oh, uh, okay. And DC even had an artist lined up for it? Like I want to when I see stuff like that, I want to burn the world to the ground.
1: I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
3: yeah, he wanted yeah. to have an arc for the rape of Wonder Woman.
4: Right there was the death of super death of Superman. yeah, it's an abandoned story. There was the death of Superman and Batman getting his back broken, and that he was going to write the rape of Wonder Woman. Of course, she was going to get stronger for it. Mark
3: Miller knows how to like do for women. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, what's a good plot device? Oh, I think rape—that's a thing, right?
2: He's (sighs) talked about that before. He's he said he said that openly too. I
3: hate.
1: So apparently, some of the ones that I like look like they're going to be graphic novels. <gasps> the uh, Camp Midnight one.
2: Yeah, it's 256 pages. You, you don't listen to a thing I say, Steve.
3: What, Bobby? We, we
2: used to, we used to be, we used to be so so in tune, and now you don't listen to a thing I say. <laughs> I
3: don't think anyone listens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Bob,
2: you're going through did you the see list there's a Hellcat
3: figure?
2: And now we're talking about have, Hellcat figures. So talk about Camp Midnight. You just wait a second, Stephanie. Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's okay.
1: Cat Midnight is a brilliant graphic novel debut for cart- uh, from cartoonist Jason Adam Katzerstein, and it's the perfect book for readers who loved Raina. Uh, tell, tell, tell. Oh my God, Tellgmer's Telgmer. book for readers who. <laughs> Why
2: does this? This is going really well too.
4: <laughs> readers who don't read.
1: Um. Rah, 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 never mind.
2: <laughs> You're I'm doing so off- well. No, I'm. Kids. Pl-
1: I'm- <laughs> Can- <laughs> Forget it, forget it. I'm
2: done. I'm
4: leaving. That was I got, awesome. It's 256 pages. That was awesome.
2: It was, yeah, it is definitely 256 pages. I hate myself That's right definitely now. Definitely true. I am a mess tonight. What is wrong <laughs> with me? Uh, thank you very much to uh, Hugh Perry for writing up the uh, yeah. the story for us for both the image announcements and the Marvel announcements.
1: I was on top of everything you, last you week. You did
2: a good job. Yeah, we did. It was a good show last week. Yeah, Hugh, you're awesome. I love you. Yeah, he's great. Um, he hundred percent a Batman. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He, he made sure to let me know.
1: It's amazing. I have not played I have not played Batman s- the whole week and some. Mm-hmm. I've been playing Heroes of the Storm mm. nonstop. I know who the Arkham Knight is. I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. Justin told me the story of how you guys found out. <laughs> yeah.
2: I didn't even see that. We were doing a stream of it, and we were talking about We were just like, you know, jo- we were not joking around, but we were like, we were theorizing because we were both right at the beginning of the game. And somebody in the chat when we were thing when we were screaming said, like, oh spoiler, it's this person.
1: I know that it's gonna get ruined for me because yeah. I'm taking
2: too long. I'm and gone. Justin saw it, but I didn't see it, so I was very grateful yeah. for that. I was listening to <laughs> the Giant Bomb Podcast mm-hmm. and they're talking about the
1: game and like last week I knew I was okay. I'm like, Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody's beating me, that's fine. This week I'm sitting
2: there and I'm like, no 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 They won't spoil, they don't they won't spoil anything. Um
1: But they're like new. they're like, Oh, you can totally you know who it is, like the first conversation they have, I'm like, it could be like five people. <laughs>
2: Um, But anyway it's a great game I finished the story it was really really good story I'm really enjoying it so far Um, Alright so let's move on to our Books of the week Stephanie I believe that you are first
3: Okay Go ahead So my book of the week uh, again I didn't read a lot this week Because I have had a lot going on uh, But something that I did get a chance To read and discuss with uh, The lovely Maria Norris Was A Force Number Two um, the only complaint I think I have about this book so far is that this issue felt incredibly short like I feel, felt like I opened it and then like the next page it was done I was like I want more <laughs> um, and that, that always is you know the sucky part about reading issues uh, monthly you want more and there isn't going to be more for a month <laughs> um, so this continues the story of um, the secret wars tie in with the, the ladies of, what's, the, what's their place called again? Arcadia. Arcadia. Thank you, Bobby. You're welcome. Um, She-Hulk still kind of dealing with her, you know, having sent off America. Um, al- although it doesn't really focus on them. The focus is m- more on uh, singularity, right? That's yes. That's corner. her. Yes um singularity and her sort of budding relationship with Nico um as Nico takes her in kind of hides her and uh shows her that people of Arcadia are friendly and loving and um you know Nico I, I it kind of looks like she's in like sort of a foster home of sorts like um it's like Loki is like their den mother um And she takes her in secretly and kind of just shows her, you know, what being, like, someone's sister is like. Uh, And I think she kind of puts her in this place uh, that, not replaces America, but, you know, she has, like, all of this grief and, um, you know, sadness because America is gone. And uh, she kind of uses it to towards loving somebody and kind of caring about somebody and being good to them. And, uh, yeah, you start to discover why Singularity's is here, um, what her powers are, and, um, you know, what's going on with that? Um, again, we're only two issues in, so there's not a lot more info given, um, but the art continues to be great. Um, the characters are ones, for the most part, you're familiar with, um, some of them are, you know, they've been on the bench for a while. Um, so if you haven't read things like Runaways, you may not know who Nico is. But um, for people like me and Steve, we're like, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that the series is great. And the team is doing an awesome job with it. And um, it's a really strong tie-in to uh, all the Secret War stuff. Cool. Absolutely. Bob, I know you read it. Yeah.
4: Yes, the characterizations are really spot on where you're still seeing the characters you saw in their own series. Of Shield certainly Captain Marvel. Uh, Medusa being imperious. But still trying to get stuff done. Uh, the, I don't know much of Nico except for the couple of appearances I've seen just recently. Her moments where she's talking with Loki and where she didn't want to come home because that would make America's disappearance real. Just very touching. very uh, little, little wonderful moments. There's a, a the great battle sequence, the actions done well, both in the art and the story and the way the characters play themselves out. We have Medusa and She-Hulk having a little set two over here. Uh, it's the next page that, that I'm sure you you've hit on this one, Steph, where Singularity ties this little purple bow around the She-Hulk's wrist so she can use her. Oh,
3: my God. Right. <laughs> it's
4: just you know, it's this mystery of what's beyond, which also played up into the Carol Core issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're all starting to, the momentum of the, those two books particularly, I think is going to link together mm-hmm. into something really special as we explore those worlds between and above and beyond. Yeah, I'm loving A4, so happy this is going to continue in whatever form, however they going to manage to do it, I'm in. Yeah. Definitely in.
2: Yeah, I, I think that it's, I think it's gone along kind of what's going on in the main Secret Wars book, because that's kind of like what's going on there is the challenging of what the status quo is mm-hmm. and, and what what's real and what's not um and wh- what's always been what hasn't what's been manufactured for them and i like to hear i love those little moments of singularity i love that moment where kind of you know they're Nico's sitting on the bed and she's kind of sitting there and he, she's kind of playing with, with her, her hair. hair or whatever you know and she's like i don't suppose you'll tell me your name will you and she has this like giant smile mm-hmm. on her yes. face i i like that a lot and uh i like how it deals with you know both this person who sees the world like Nico very black and white, like this is there's right and there's wrong, and you should protect the people that you're around, and she's then she's very so-
3: much like Rocket Girl, like that,
2: yeah. And yeah. then someone like She Hulk, who she believes absolutely in right and wrong, but she also knows that she's responsible for more than just wh- what her own right and wrong compass yes. is.
3: Well, uh, she has that kind of because she's a lawyer, too, right? Like she's seen that sometimes, you know, there, there's there's a difference. Yeah, absolutely. There's more. There's so many more gray areas uh, than just things that fall into black and white.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And she knows, like, if I had not, if I had stood up against them from taking America away, that you know, possibly thousands of people would have died. And she makes that choice, and whether you, you accept that choice or not, she's the leader, and she, she, heavy is the head that wears the crown. She has to make the, make those choices, but you see. When she get in this issue, gets to the point where it's not the easy choice. It's not the choice that's going to be good for her, but she knows it's good for her people. So she makes a choice that's not gonna be. It's not gonna end up well yeah. for her at all, you know. And I, I I think that that speaks to kind of the gray area of the comic plays in, which I which I really like. Like it isn't just straight up. There's right and wrong, and that's it. There's like some other there's other considerations going on it. And I I think that's really. Kind of bold uh, of the series and wh- how it deals with with those questions. Um, yeah, and the action stuff. But the thing is cool is it has a deeps up, but the action stuff is just really, really badass as well. Yeah. They, and as a team, great
4: they work as a team, yeah. which is a lot of fun to yeah. see. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and then she didn't, they're doing a really good job with Dazzler. Yeah, she's got some good stuff going on in, in that book. It's time for me to
4: revisit Dazzler for something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So yeah. So see, did you read it? I did not. You did not. Okay. No. Um. Alright, so that is A-Force, number two. Stephanie, do you have anything else you want to say about it?
3: No, you know, I think that it's a good series. Um, as far, I mean, tie-ins are hard, right? Because sometimes, like, I don't know, this one doesn't feel super tied into everything, though. Does mm-hmm. that, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't really understand, because I haven't read Secret Wars yet, like, what's going on with, like, Doctor Doom and all of that shenanigans, but... With that aside, I can kind of just take everything as is for the most part without having to kind of dwell on it too much. So if you haven't checked it out yet, um, because, you know, tie-ins, trust me, we're in the same boat. But this Mm -hmm. is worth checking out. And um, you can kind of just ignore the stuff that, you know, refers to Secret Wars.
2: I will say I think that whether I've liked them or not, I think all of the tie-ins have done a very good job of being their own stories. I don't think any of them feel like they are. You necessarily have to read the main series to to be able to read them, and I think that happens because they completely. It's just like a new slate, right? So you don't. So it's not just. It's not stories being existing stories being interrupted. It's it's all new stuff, kind of starting on its own. So when you read issue one of A Force, you're getting the first A Force story. So there's nothing to. There's nothing else to reference, you know. It's just that. So I, I think that's been good about all the, the tie-ins.
4: Right. I've heard some complaints about the various battle world things that that. They, oh, like the, more... like the anthology yeah.
2: ones. I haven't. I've. I read the first one. I haven't read the, the other. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't really. I don't know about those. I. I usually avoid those anyway. Um, just because they don't really satisfy me as a reader. Uh, so I haven't been checking them out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to skip but I, I'm interested in reading the the secret. Love the Secret war Secret Love. Oh, that looks funny. The thing that, that that's coming out as well, the anthology. Oh, I
1: saw a little like promotional card. Yeah, the other day. Yeah, do
2: we know Jeremy Whitley's doing a uh, doing a story uh, in that. So oh, cool. That'll be cool. That'll be very cool. All right, Steve. Yeah. Book of the week. I see you've got some Batman Detective comics in front of you.
1: I do mm-hmm. because boy howdy. Oh, well that's <laughs> news, right?
2: We Mani- Francis manipole is leaving the book. Why? What? what? Read the news, man. I. <laughs> I was away for the weekend. I, he's going to finish out this arc that they're on right now, and then he's leaving the book. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is Manipal staying on? No, Manipal is the one leaving. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I don't listen to words. So <laughs> yeah, I <just laughs> <said that.
1: laughs> I'm so sorry, dude.
2: Uh, Bucciolato, they haven't said yet. Oh. Haven't said yet.
1: Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So, here's a deal. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I think I'm four trades into Gotham Central. This feels like Gotham Central. To me, through and through and and not in like a spin off or a rip off, just a very much uh, almost like an homage to in the spirit of yes yeah yes, mm-hmm. in the spirit of Gotham Central, uh, what we have here um, we now know who Batman yes, is. we've talked about it, okay, because uh, I have some questions about that, uh, <laughs> especially after after this this uh, these two books uh, i 'm talking about forty one and forty two of uh, detective comics, just for you guys listening. Um, so here's the thing. Commissioner Gordon is now Batman, and Batman is now like a sanctioned thing by the GCPD, and is working directly with them. He is the alpha, and now everybody else has been made the beta. But his team is comprised of people that you know know and love and respect him. So you know the people that Batman is now working with, uh, they're, they're they're this cohesive units so right now instead of having Batgirl and Nightwing and all these other people running around with Batman you have the people on the ground the GCPD I'm a huge fan of Harvey Bullock I've always liked him in the stories I don't know if it's just his gruff nature his sarcasm his his kind of calling things out for the way they are in Gotham something about him I really really like and I really like Montoya as well from uh, the Gotham Central days and now I'm pleasantly surprised to see, I know you had mentioned it when you mentioned this mm-hmm. book in passing during your lightning round, that Montoya and Bullock are kind of the focus of this arc, at mm-hmm. least. Uh, we yeah. have people moving up in the ranks. Maggie is is kind of assuming to power since Jim is in the suit. And just all these interesting little... Like ground level Gotham politics that are involved with this particular story. There's a new threat out on the streets, like all the you know, word has gone out that Batman is dead, and now, you know, Gotham's worst are coming out into the night, and there's this new group uh called the Los Muertos, I believe. They're like skull and crossbones, Dia de los Muertos makeup. And they seem to know at least they're 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 not your garden variety criminals. They're pretty organized. Uh, they already seem rather familiar with how the, the new bat suit works. Um, but if you read it, you'll see. So, I mean, the story is pretty much, it's pretty simple. It's just getting acclimated to this whole new Batman situation. And, you know, we have Scott Snyder's Batman where they're dealing with it on a more direct approach. You have it in, in Batgirl where Babs is now confronting her father, Mm -hmm. Um, they don't know about one another or at least Barbara knows. Mm. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I just, I have so many questions for this whole Jim Gordon Batman thing. We, he has two suits. Mm-hmm. So he's got the robo suit and then he's got this almost like Batman beyond yeah. meets Tron.
2: Yeah. Kind, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind wow. of thing. That much sleeker suit. Right. Yeah. Is he still smoking? Is Jim Gordon still? No, I think he says he gives, he gave it up. I think that was like a thing. Cause I would yeah, think that I
1: he that would that have somewhere. To. Yeah. 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 I'm waiting. I mean, maybe they'll do this. I mean, Batman 42 uh, drops today, Mm -hmm. or you're listening to this live tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to see inside the suit. I want to know, like, is he he moving levers? Is he pressing buttons? Is it like an Iron Man situation where it kind of, is there some kind of artificial intelligence that knows what he wants to do? Is there some kind of neural interface? Um, And just how, I mean, how old is Jim Gordon?
4: Well, I, I he's got to be 40 if Barbara's in college.
2: Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like 45 in this. I think that's what they kind of aged him to in the new 52. Right, because I mean... Between 45 and 50, I mm-hmm. think is kind of what his age would be. Because he's got the new haircut. hmm And I mean,
1: just... I, did he take his glasses off? And he's got like new contacts? Yeah, that's that, that too. Shave yeah. the right. mustache. Shave, shave the mustache. Right, off. so shave yep. the mustache. He's got the high and tight. Yeah. And, just he, like if I shaved my beard, mm-hmm. which I haven't in over two years, like if I shaved my beard, I would take probably five years off of myself. <laughs> um, that's being maybe a little bit generous. <laughs> I don't get carded so much anymore. It's a little sad. <laughs> but um, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so excited that there's, n- there's another Batman run, even if it's just for this one arc where where. Down on the ground we're, we're pulling from, you know, uh the spirit of Gotham Central, and it's so much more about the other people in Gotham. I mean, Batman's he's a he's a part of the show, but he definitely takes a back seat. There's like a bit of deception going on. Uh just to see all of these characters front and center again and being written really 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 well and i really am enjoying uh the blanco uh artwork for this arc it reminds me a lot of the uh the kano and lark artwork from again mm-hmm. uh gotham central which i've repeated it verbatim on the show if you've not read that series yet i don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. you need to read it it's amazing have you read it bob what's that gotham Central central bits
4: and pieces it's good for the whole thing how many issues are we all together there's five traits five traits. Five, trades. Trades. five trades. Yeah. Five traits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah.
1: um yeah, like I just I mean it's there's nothing there's no over there's no like through line for there's no big bad yet. Mm-hmm. There's nothing it's it's about this weird chemistry and and just getting acclimated almost like it's for the readers to get used to this new Batman and be like, look, this is the way that it is for right now. And I also find it interesting, one of the angles in this is that Harvey is actively looking for Batman. Yeah. Like, he does not Uh want to accept that he could be dead. And that's an interesting situation, because him and Batman have had a very, very, you know, strange, torrid past of Mm -hmm. liking each other, approving, and then not approving, and blaming, and all of this stuff that's gone on. And Bullock's been kind of shamed out of the police a few times, and he's come back, and the idea that he wants the old batman back i like the layers of like he wants to protect his friend he doesn't he doesn't want the the people that are down on the ground with him to have to put themselves on the front line because he's kind of softened a little bit over time he's still like a gruff bastard and stuff like that but he's grown to care about a lot of the people that he works with and uh it's just a really
4: really awesome awesome story but he knows what the real batman can deliver to keep those people safe yeah somebody knew unknown quantity yeah
2: Mm -hmm. um what are you thinking of this bobby
4: um i haven't read uh 42 yet Uh, i did really
2: enjoy 41 um you know i I always find it difficult to read um adjacent batman stories mostly because the snyder stuff feels me just so much like this is the story of record you yep. know, like what happens here mm-hmm. is what is happening to the character. It's just been always so blindingly good that it's tough for me to, mm-hmm. you know, stay on these things for a long time. So I've read I read their first arc of Detective and I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, and I like this arc. My problem is like um, a big part of the Bucciolato Manipal kind of duo to me is they both write it. But the Manipal art is really yeah. like the biggest draw to me. Right. I, I love looking mm-hmm. at his art. And we know now that the reason that Blanc- Blanco is doing this is because Benibel had to pull back from doing yeah. um, the the art because he's pulling off the book, uh, and he gave a big thanks to him when he had that message about leaving. Mm-hmm. So like the art is really good. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying anything negative about the art. I think it's really good, but that's kind of part of why I go to the book is to see that right. that look.
1: No, I, I I admit, like when I when I opened it, I was a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. That's actually why I didn't get to it until now. Was because I opened it and I was like. All right, like, you know, I like, am still interested in the creators, but I don't know about this art. Mm. But then when I started reading it earlier today, I was like, man, I'm like this really feels like Gotham Central. I'm like, mm. it looks like Gotham Central. And, you know, not to say that that's the only thing that it has going for it, mm-hmm. certainly not, but um it helped smooth the uh the reality and the transition. And um I grew to I grew to appreciate especially because it is like, you, uh, it is nighttime. You are down in the streets. You're in the alleys. Like, all of that stuff is dark, mm-hmm. you know? And, and Manipool have a way, Francis Manipool and, and Brian Puccellato together have a way of kind of splashing color and brightening everything up. And it's gorgeous. And I love it. But for this particular story and this feel, this feels right mm-hmm. to me. And I'm sure if they had done art, it would have been spectacular as well. But I wasn't—I wasn't so sore on this once I kind of got the vibe from it that I did. Uh, and I'm just—I'm really, really excited to read this. It's funny how—I I know that it's once a month, but I feel like it's been four ever since we read the last issue of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman. (laughs) That book always seems like a thousand years away. Every single time it comes out, Mm -hmm. like it's this huge thing. Everybody, I get texts, did you read Batman yet? Mm -hmm. Did you read Batman yet? It's the first thing I read every Wednesday that it comes out, just so that I can have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then it's that month crawl to the next conversation and the next batch of texts and tweets and stuff. For some reason, that book just feels like it's forever Mm -hmm. to me. This this is quenching my thirst for for Batman stuff in between. Um I'm just really glad this is going on. This was the best thing I read this week.
4: Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, the, you did have Convergence, so that was 2 months off.
2: They actually didn't take there was there was Batman 40 the the last issue of Endgame 39 yeah. was delayed um okay. by a month. It took 2 months to come out. Um so the, really there was not really there was that two month period where the book was delayed, but then after Endgame came out, then Forty came out the month after it. So there was oh. mm-hmm. there was that that one gap, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, it didn't really take the time off.
1: It's like we we get into that that foggy area where I begin to forget what was going on. Like I don't remember the last issue of Batman. <laughs> I know what we did, I just don't remember the details. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to read it, and which is not a problem, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to read it again. Catch so back, catch back up. So, yeah. Because it's just, it's a book that's so good in that moment, and then, like, right after we do the podcast, we don't even, we hardly even talk about Batman anymore, Mm -hmm. because I feel like we have that conversation everywhere else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, don't hesitate on on checking out Detective Comics,
2: because it's really good. Awesome. And that's number 41 and 42, right? Yeah. That's the new. Awesome. All right. Bob, what do you got for us?
4: I more new stuff. More new stuff. Yes, yes. From 1980 and 1981, dove back into the Wayback Machine. I only bought a couple of books this week, so
1: nice Peabody and Sherman reference. Thank you,
4: Thank <laughs> you very much. I remember seeing that originally too. Sadly, mm-hmm. I watched that all the time growing up. <laughs> uh, was, isn't there, wasn't there wasn't just a movie? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll have to watch that. It'll, 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 well, we we'll, could we'll, we'll talk about it after. This. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. I'm sorry. Not that Peabody and Sherman are going to come up again, but you know what that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I just figured with the 4th of July, and it was John Byrne's 65th birthday the other day, which really makes me feel old, because I remember when he was a young gun, when I was a kid, I dove back into, it just seemed a natural to go back into the brief but great Roger Stern, John Byrne, fan, uh, Captain America from issues 247 to 255, which is has, it has been collected as a trade paperback, which is called War and Remembrance, and... It's just two issues in particular. One is issue 250, which is the, you know, obviously 250 is a whole anniversary kind of thing. And this is based on an unused story by Roger McKenzie and artist Don Perlin. And it starts out, Cap thwarts a terrorist attack on a political convention by a very small sort of little party, the National Populist Party. And it, Cap being Cap, he manages to talk the guy out of doing terrible stuff and so on and so forth. The fellow who's in charge of this is Sam Underwood is the chairman of this whole committee, says, you know, we should have you run for president. And Cap says, that's kind of a bit much. I mean, I've got enough to do without trying to be president, but he does sort of think about it. And while he's sort of mulling this all over, you get to see him interact with the other Avengers, where the Wasp thinks this is like a tremendous idea, because who better (laughs) to lead the country than the guy whose morals are completely unassailable. Interestingly, Tony thinks that superheroes should not get involved in politics. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a long way before civil war, but you know, things certainly did change. It's one of the things that gets me all crazy. But you get reactions from all sorts of super folk, other Marvel New Yorkers of note, Jonah and all the rest of those sort of people, everyone sort of gets a little panel in. And eventually, Mr. Underwood figures I just have to go for this. He puts out press releases that Cap is running for president splashes it all over the front page of the paper. And now Cap has to deal with this. He shows up at their convention to sort of address the crowd and, you know, spoiler alert, the book's 35 years old, but what the heck. So he's making this speech, and I won't do the whole thing, but I I may have to get out my magnifying glass. Anyway, Cap says, we must all live in the real world, and sometimes that world can be pretty grim, but it is the dream, the hope that makes the reality worth living. In the early 40s, I made a personal pledge to uphold the dream, and as long as the dream remains even partially unfulfilled, I cannot abandon it. And so I move. I more hope you can understand that in all fairness, I cannot be your candidate. Now, the unused story that they were going to tell was Cap not only runs for president, he wins. And the, the the powers that be at times, that's all great, but what stories do we tell? Mm-hmm. He's the president of the United States. He can't go around being an Avenger. And the president, there's, like, stuff to do. He's got bills to pass and babies to kiss and all the rest <laughs> of that kind of jazz. And the issue actually ends with uh, you know a lovely John Kennedy quote that I will leave for you to discover on your... I'm sure this is on the Marvel app mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh but that's Cap 250. Then there's Cap 255, which actually is the 40th anniversary issue, which has a Frank Miller cover, no less. And again, it's Roger Stern and, and John Byrne, and this is sort of this is their last issue. Uh, they would leave because Jim Shooter decided they shouldn't do continued stories anymore, and they had a, a three-part Red Skull epic to tell, and they went, "We'll make it one issue." No, we'll go somewhere else. Uh, Stern did. Uh, three years of Spidey, five years of Avengers, and It's done every major character at every major company. And it was just, no, we're not going to, we'll do what we want. So they, they finished it off here. So you retell Cap's origin, and it even fixes, somewhere in the 70s, Steve Gerber had decided that Cap wasn't really Steve Rogers, the one we know who grew up on the Lower East Side. He was some kid from Virginia with a father and a, and a brother and all sorts of fighting. And it's just, uh, I don't know why they added this. Uh, Roger and John decided, no, we're going to take that back, and those become false memories implanted by Shield to keep him <laughs> safe. So, you know, it's comics, but this is the or- the real origin from the forties. It ties in Simon and Kirby, what Stan and Jack did then in the sixties to bring the character back, and it's it, the story is told by Franklin Delano Roosevelt as the narrator of the story because Cap is coming to visit him. It's Roosevelt who gives him the shield. You see the first couple of adventures of Cap once he becomes Captain America. He's running around with the triangular shield you first see. And it's eventually he shows up at the White House and, well, this was this metallurgic experiment that could only happen once. So we think this could be useful to you. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like this idea. But it's, it's really amazing. Byrne, who certainly ch- always has channeled Jack Kirby, he, at his Kirbyist here, if there, there's such a word. I, there, uh, I don't think there is, but I- There is now. There is now, but it's just stupendous old fashioned panel comic book art, but it, it, it leaps from the page. It has weight. There are actual panels that are Kirby panels, sort of redrawn for modern era. It's the touchstones to every bit of the origin You always see there's a two page spread that I would just love to have, as opposed to where it's every bit of sort of Caps history being thawed from the ice and the Avengers and the whole mess. That's really cool. Yeah. And again, th- these are collected as a, I think it's, it was 15 when I bought it. I think it's now like 25 which is Captain America War Remembrance. Remembrance. Uh, there's a little arc where they run, they go back to England and he meets Spitfire, uh, Jacqueline Falworth, part of the Invaders, Union Jack, and the dreaded Nazi vampire Baron Blood. And he gets taken care of and it's pretty gosh darn interesting. Anyway, um, the solo issues are probably at this point in the quarter bins and mm-hmm. they're probably pretty cheap. Uh, Sorting them all out, finding them in a lump is going to be tough. So War and Remembrance is around for you to get. And since we were talking Batman, I have talked about this before. There was, when the oh, companies wow. did crossovers, there was a Batman Captain America crossover that John Byrne wrote and drew in 1996. It's set in World War II and we get the Joker and the Red Skull teaming up to basically steal atomic bombs and drop them on New York and Washington. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil this. The Joker is not so happy about teaming up with the Nazi eventually. Oh. So it goes to some very interesting places. Uh, at one point, Cap is sent to sort of bodyguard Bruce Wayne.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And they have one of those, they sort of have a fight, and they both sort of think, you know, I don't know that I could beat this guy. Everything I try to do, he knows this can't be army training, Bruce thinks. And Steve figures out that, well, you know, this training and a whole lot of money, that gets you to be Batman. Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne's millions and all this training makes you Batman. So that's Batman Captain America from 1996, a book that not too many people probably know about. And it's pretty sweet.
1: Let me ask you a question. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, We looking at this book, if you were the Joker, how many times do you think he would have had to practice... Holding on to that thing to get the right trajectory. Like, is oh, this just a, something the that you're born
4: doing? Yeah, it's an ejector seat that shoots them across half of New York it's or like, Gotham City. And, like
1: watching yeah. a Kung Fu movie where everybody knows
2: Kung Fu. Right. That villains just know how to villain. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what I always say about the Joker is that the Joker is in every way the inverse of Batman. So, Batman puts all of his like genius into being the good guy. And Joker puts all the genius into being the bad guy.
4: So he'll practice as many times (laughs) as he needs. Yeah, yeah. He'll get splatted a couple of times like Wiley e. Coyote, exactly. you know, I'll hold up little sign that says, ouch. Exactly.
1: I just got to the episode, I've been watching 30 Rock, mm-hmm. and I got to the episode, The Tuxedo Rises, mm-hmm. where Liz oh, yeah. kind of, like, devolves into a Joker-like character yeah. by becoming, like, the crazy old woman on the subway. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the episode, her, like, her lipstick's all messed up, her eye makeup's <laughs> all messed up, her hair's all frazzled, <laughs> and she looks like the Joker. And mm-hmm. it's, oh my god, it was one of the funniest Creeper. ones. Yeah. That's, uh, th- I, that's funny. That show, like usually shows kind of like dip down as they like grow old in seasons. Mm. Some of the later seasons are far better. Than, There's some
4: great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: That episode in particular was hysterical.
4: Yeah. I heard a great radio commercial on NPR the other day from Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. It's their pledge drive. Mm-hmm. So he comes on doing very Alec Baldwin y. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this station and haven't, haven't pledged yet, good for you. <laughs> because this station is so full of ideas, I need them to go away. Because people should be watching television. They shouldn't be listening to the radio, mm-hmm. where it's about words and thoughts and ideas. So whatever you do, don't <laughs> pledge. Even if they ask, don't pledge. It just goes on and on <laughs> down this vein, and it's like a two-minute spiel. Mm-hmm. It's hysterical. <laughs> so if you're, if you're an uh, I'm sure the pledge drives around the country have ended, but uh, I'm sure it's archived somewhere. But yeah. it's very funny.
2: He's a funny man. He's a yes. really funny guy. I like him it's, that it's Really funny.
4: funny. And he wasn't bad as The Shadow. <laughs>
2: that's right oh man back in the day yes um all right so uh my book of the week uh i bought the first volume of kirk Busick and benjamin dewey's the autumn lands volume one tooth and claw uh it's colors by jordy Belair um and uh, letters by comic craft so uh autumn lands is a story of anthropomorphized animals who um basically rule the earth now the the Earth is completely ruled by magic. So, kind of food is created by magic. You know, th- their cities are run by magic. Every every bit of it is run by magic. Magic is kind of like, you know, their their resource, their number one resource. And um, the, the conceit of of the story is that the magic is running out. So it's sort of a little bit like an analogous to oil, let's mm-hmm. say, uh, a- and that they're real. They can't figure out. How they're going to survive when the magic is gone? Do they do a stop stopgap measure and like just start conserving their magic well, and then last a little bit longer? What do they do? One of the wizards has an idea to kind of reach back into their past with the magic and this find this kind of almost messiah like figure that they had and bring him forward because that will kind of open a funnel back to the magic world. And it's it's kind of like a blasphemous thing to do for for, for their culture. And, um, and basically, uh, it's the story of what happens when they uh, maybe achieve that goal, but how things never go the way that you think they're going to go, right? That there's one thing you think is going to say everything really start the chain of events that could ruin everything. And, you know, th- there are these races, there's like dogs and, um, boars and, um, like some uh, reptiles. Like, I think they're frogs. Yeah, they're frogs and uh, like antelope and mice and owls. And, and they, they're they the ones who kind of rule. And then they're like these underlings that they kind of, kind of do all the grunt work for them. They they, 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 they gather food, they do all this stuff and the, the people Hyrule pay them in magic, but there's a fierce kind of rivalry between them because the people who have the magic mistreat the, the lower people. And, the events that happen where they have to kind of bring this, bring back this champion kind of bring everybody to the same level and it, it's the story of just what, what that all means. Now I think that one of the best things about the book is that it, it does what I think is the best thing you can do when you're building a world that is foreign to the people reading it is that he, Busick doesn't try to impress you with how much information or how much lore he's come up with for the world. You can feel the lore kind of bubbling in, uh, underneath the surface, but it, he's just telling the story of these characters and you're running into these kind of traditions and, and, and iconography that are very, very you know, unique to, to the world that, that he's created and feels alive and bustling. And the characters that he draws... You know, you can kind of see the ones that are going to end up being the the kind of main characters. But this first, the first issue especially, is just about kind of setting the idea of the world in motion, and then kind of setting up the three or four characters that are going to be your your kind of your kind of people that you're following through, and then the rest are kind of about what those people go through it and stuff like that. Uh, the look of the book is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know Benjamin Dewey at all, but the the look of the book is really kind of stunning the color work by Jordi Belair, which no surprise is, is absolutely just unbelievable. Um, different ways that Dewey draws these animals and how, you know, he can have animals of the same species look completely different. Um, you know, there's just such a history and, and an excitement to it. And uh, I think after you read the first issue in the trade, you're not going to be able to stop yourself from greeting all the way through it because it just mm-hmm. really sets up something that I think is fascinating. And, um, I'm really happy that I picked this up this week. Uh, the autumn lands, uh, by Kurt Busick and Benjamin oh. Dewey. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, I know you said you were going to, you wanted to pick it up. Did you end up getting it? I got it. You got it. Did you yeah. read it? My, uh, no, I didn't read it yet. My, my, uh,
1: it's thick. It's, it's uh, just, yeah, for, it's thick. For, is that 999? Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. Yeah, no It. Uh, in the past when i've ordered trades to the shop they just don't Mm -hmm. they never get there right and i was i was the one ripping open the boxes and i was like oh my god (laughs) like you know but um no i was i I went away i went upstate for a fourth of july weekend so i didn't get all the reading in that i wanted to but um i was very much looking forward to it and now even more so the artwork is spectacular
2: yeah i mean if you're if you're a fan of um you know kind of those kind of wind in the willows or even yep. like watership down, which is a very much more serious version of that right It definitely draws from that history uh to to kind of convey its story the legend of gaul yes <laughs> <laughs> uh and i just I just love the way mm-hmm. that it it takes these characters that you 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 might you know find silly in other context and make them very serious. Very relatable characters, even though it's like a dog boy that that is kind of your main character. It doesn't matter because of the way that they're written and, and, and drawn. I uh, that was one
1: of those books where like the first issue came out and it was offered to me and I passed on it. And then the next week it was like, oh, did you read the Autumn Lands? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I didn't. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> and I said, all right, you know, I'll just wait for the trade. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, really excited to read it. Yeah,
2: uh, I have to go. I have to go get the the last trade of Ghosted which came out as well. And the second Wicked and Divine volume I want to get as well. I've been
1: collecting that in single issue format. I have not read it since the first arc.
2: I stopped collecting it in single issue format because I
1: because the same thing happened to me. I'm such an, like, I'm not an idiot because <laughs> I, there's a lot of things like Deadly Class. I have all the issues. I've not read anything of the third arc yet. Like it's just sitting mm-hmm. on my pile and I keep telling myself, like, no, man, like, you know, you're you're supporting the book. You're, you know, you're, you know, but I'm not reading them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm waiting. And I'm like, oh, I want to wait till Wicked and Divine is finished. Mm. And then I'll read the whole thing. Well, then why didn't you just wait, wait for, for the, the tree? tree? Yeah. I know. I um, well, We have kind of a new situation going on at our, our shop. And there's, I, I need to start tapering it back uh, even more so than mm. I have been. It's time to crack down um especially I have a couple of things uh to be saving for for next year that I'm going to have to start being a little bit more <laughs> uh not frugal but just
4: <clears throat> smart I think, I, think, I think image's profit formula, however you want mm-hmm. to talk about it, what, what, how money goes to their creators is much different than the big two in terms of the trades. Yeah, and it's so also... So I don't think trade waiting really hurts them as much as it might at, at a big two.
2: And it's football. also, like, you know, the we've, we've seen, right, I think when we had Curtis on a couple of years ago, he talked about Peter Panzerfaust, and he's like, it just needs to sell enough so that, you know, that, like, my artist can make his money like that's all i want mm-hmm. you know so i, I don't th- I know so much if it's about like what image i mean i'm sure mm-hmm. image is like if this book sells 500 copies we're not going to keep printing it right? right that's over now right it's been over they're not printing it anymore i don't know i, I don't think so i feel like it just stopped yeah i don't know i don't I, I, didn't, I didn't see an announcement about it ending but it probably did okay uh yeah so that's the ottomans by uh kirpysik with art by benjamin dewey uh this is volume one tooth and claw and yes it is 9.99 from image and it is a beefy book. Let's see. Let's see the page count here. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. Like
1: you get so much for those. The is it witches. Five issues. Hundred eighty-four
2: pages. Yes. The witches six book issues. is gigantic yeah. too. The witches book. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also nine ninety nine.
4: Yeah, I love it. It's Do awesome. You get extras, or is it? No, it typical? seems like I,
2: I. I'm not really looking at the end of the book because, okay. but it seems like the last page of the book is like the last the page of the, of the story. There yeah. was. Uh, I think it was maybe it was rumble. There was one one uh
1: image book that I bought that there was an entire character glossary in the back mm. and it wasn't even just who they were, it was like who they were, concept sketches, um how like what purpose they serve in the world. It was nuts. Mm. And it's all in the back of the book. That's very uh, cool. See, that's important. Yeah, I like all that
4: extra stuff. I just
1: it's not only is it is it a good value, but I think it's smart because for, for ten bucks to grab somebody and then the next mm-hmm. time that trade rolls around that five dollar jump the 14.99 isn't gonna be as bad
2: no. because you paid
1: 99 $9.99 the last time and you got a really quality story if you liked it
2: and I do feel like when I look at their like their trades like you know I think they're almost all of their first ones are 999 there are some exceptions but almost all of their first ones are 999 mm-hmm. and then the second one is usually 14.99 or, um, or 1399 but there seems to be a difference between like the price you know the price uh, uh, and the page count like ghosted volume four or five or whatever the last one is, mm-hmm. it's smaller than the other ones. And it, it's 1299. It's not 1499. Right. And which I think is great. You know, I feel like I, you know, I, I look at the Marvel and DC trades and like, especially the Marvel trades. I'm like, yes. this is like paper thin, and it's $24.99, you know, for me to buy this thing. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. Right. I'm just ones, not going
4: to buy it. The ones that collect the maxi series are above 30
2: Yeah, absolutely. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Lauren's evidently listening to the podcast. Oh, because really? She just texted me. She said uh, Peter False did end.
4: Oh,
2: okay. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for supporting us as well, Lauren. Lord um, Hawk. <laughs> so, uh, actually, we're going to take a little break. Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about our shared book of the week, which is We Stand on Guard from Brian K. Vaughn and Steven Skros. Um And we're also going to take some uh, listener questions. Ooh. So we'll be back right after this.
4: Be right back, Lauren. <laughs>
2: And we're back. (laughs) Um, There were some shenanigans happening before we started recording again. So
4: you people should be contributing to the Patreon (laughs) because you missed gold. And you
2: can guess who started the shenanigans.
3: I did no such thing. For the record, the shenanigans started when somebody started singing Living La Vida Loca.
4: Living Burrito Loco.
3: Yeah, Burrito Loco. Sorry.
4: (laughs) That's what you
2: missed for not being a Patreon member. Bob singing Living Burrito Loco. So, yeah. get on that! Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> and you miss—they
3: should hire you to do like a theme song.
1: <laughs> we need to have Ricky Martin on the show. We do.
2: We have a good guy. He's Here's a big comic book fan. He's uh, comic book fan You missed the exciting the time when Steve left to go get a, go get a taco. Yeah, or an empanada. You an an, an, an empanada. empanada now. Come on, it was good. What was in the yeah, empanada? Bobby, it was chicken.
3: Together.
1: Chicken and cheese. Ooh. Chicken and cheese empanada. Nice. It with dipping sauce. Delicious. Ah, the dipping sauce was there loco sauce their signature loco sauce it was very spicy and i still have a bag of chips to go with <laughs> it oh. in, in my bag yeah
2: they give you those fresh chips every time you buy something there it's yeah. great it's called brio loco it's right. in comac new york guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah hey man
4: if, if they want to yeah. they
2: want to endorse the podcast
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. right across the street i'm all for it you yeah, yeah. Come just,
4: visit the studio we'll just j- just like throw, throw tacos right through our window right yeah. here
2: i think they deliver you got a little pulley system with like a bucket. They deliver? Yeah, I think they actually get into a car and probably drive to where you are when they deliver something. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> I'm gonna if, they, if they actually drove over yeah, here, that'd be drop weird. It yeah, it's very about close. about 300 you feet. Can, you can see it from here. They can, um, like,
2: call and be like, wait a minute, yeah. aren't you... Is that across the street? Yeah. We, we've had them deliver here before. Like, <laughs> You can't just come up here and get it yourself. There's a Chinese food place across the street. We haven't delivered here before as well. Fo Luck. Chinese food. It's good. Foo Luck is a very good. There's a, a couple of very good places. That, that pizza place is really there's good pizzeria too. pizzeria there too. Pizziola. Do
3: so you know that song, Bobby? What song? I love Chinese food. No, I don't. It's by the same guy who wrote um, mm. Rebecca Black's Friday song. Awesome. I'm going to send you the video. Oh, great.
2: I'm very happy about that. Watch sing, it all. Does she <laughs> sing I love Chinese food
3: yeah. You I've actually I've too. actually
2: heard that song before. <laughs> um uh, this this past week we're shooting this thing for Time Warner and we're doing like, these artist profiles and, and they're all these kind of like non traditional like artists that could be like beat poets or mass sound engineers or um so one but one of the was like was were two people who did a viral video called I Am Your Grandma <laughs> It's like four million hits. It's like two it's like a minute and a half long. It is some scary, weird shit. <laughs> but also kind of hilarious.
4: So I am your grandma. yes
2: going to write that. It's down. very weird. <laughs> it's very very grandma. weird. Uh But anyway, so uh we we have to talk about book of the week, which yes, we is do. Yes, we do. Um I'm not watching the video link you just sent me Stephanie. It's never going to happen. Uh
3: Just do it, Bobby.
2: <laughs> uh it's called We Stand on Guard. Uh and Bob this was your assignment. So this what? was my pick. yeah. So it's, let us
4: know about. We stand on guard. It is from Image, and it is Brian K. Vaughan. And I am going to masker, absolutely masker this man's name. It is Steve Scrosh, I think. Sure. Could be Scrochy. Mm-hmm. But I think Scrosh.
2: Okay. It's just, it would, flows. Scrosh. Scrosh. Sounds like something Scroosh. like Jack Black would say, like during Scroosh. one of his like things. <laughs> <Yeah>. Scrosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the image
4: I now have. Yeah. I mean, it kung like some fu kind of like in my head. Food mm. delicacy. Mm. Yes, I had some some scrosh. Mm. Mm. Yes, you <laughs> have
1: to come over. My mom's making scrosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With sauteed sauteed, sauteed, sauteed scrosh yeah. with dumplings. And yeah,
4: t- with a truffle oil, deep fried. Oh, scrouche. see now I want that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what we have here is uh, there's no other way to talk about this except to say it is giant effing robots, as it mm. says in the solicit, and it's a war between Canada and the United States.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Now. Our, our book opens with a, a, a lovely, charming Ottawa family in the year 2112, which is, I guess, a nod to the Canadian rock group Rush and their famous <laughs> album, for those who weren't paying attention, in the 70s. And they're watching TV news reports of a drone attack on the White House. And they're all commenting on who might be responsible, and it's a list that includes Canada, because after all, it was the War of 1812 where, where they kind of helped the British, which is how they became, uh, retained uh, their commonwealth status when the, our White House got burned down and all that kind of jazz. When all of a sudden, spoilers, I'm sorry, giant U.S. missiles start dropping out of the sky and a whole lot of stuff gets blown up. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil anything else but that, but uh, look, the missiles are on page two, so get over it. <laughs> um, we flash forward... You know a dozen years, and now a little girl who is part of that amber is now trying to survive out in the wilderness. She's running around with her crossbow and she comes across some freedom fighters mm-hmm. some really interesting folks who are telling this uh, intriguing story about how you survive in the woods what's gonna what, what's been happening what's gonna happen next and there's an action sequence that takes up like a half the book. That is just absolutely incredible. The artwork in this is highly detailed, and yet actually there are a couple of not great faces. I'll leave it at that. But outside of that, it is humorous and action-packed, dark and light at the same time. It's a nice jump into this action You get some backstory as we move forward, I thought the story was very, very different in all the sort of apocalyptic stuff we've been reading, and and all the sort of warfare. Very different, interesting characters. This is a really nice setup issue there. As Stephanie was saying before, I was left wanting more, which I always find to be a good thing. Uh, Lovely back matter, some sketches of, of what this goes. I, you know, I don't read a whole lot of Brian K. Vaughan. I mean, I've read some, you know. First couple of trades of saga, read some one-off issues here and there. I was really taken by this issue and these characters painted in bold strokes yet subtle. And I really, really enjoyed this. How about everybody else who would like to go first?
2: Well, we should go to our, our native Canadian. There we go. Uh to find out what she thinks first. Stephanie, what do you think of We Stand on Guard?
3: Well, I want to start by saying that um to prep for tonight's show and to talk about this comic, I went and got a poutine um, it was a pulled pork poutine so it was extra amazing and then I ate all of it and then I felt very <laughs> sick because I ate all of it um, and then I was like you know what I'm going to have some cider and then I felt more sick because then it was like eating all this greasy food and then eating something drinking something super sugary and then I was like yep now I'm ready for the podcast <laughs> and um, yep yeah, here I am all right. Oh, yeah, the comic. the comic The comic Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did all that prep To talk about this comic That's all about Canada, basically And um, it was great
2: <laughs> What, the prep or the comic?
3: Well, both Okay <laughs> Both The comic didn't leave me with Like a tummy ache, though mm-hmm. So it might have been a little bit better But like, it wasn't as tasty mm. Yeah Okay. That's my official um, <laughs> oh, That's your pull <laughs> quote. Yeah. I hope they put that on the back of the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost as good as poutine, um, but without the stomach ache.
2: It's a good pull quote. It's a great yeah. poll
3: quote. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's like really good because poutine's amazing. <laughs> like, poutine is like a 10 out of 10. Like, maybe an 11 out of 10, you know? And then, like, this book... Being like it's almost as good as poutine is like basically saying it's like a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Which is nearly perfect, but not as poutine perfect.
4: Gotcha. (laughs) So what was your favorite part of the book? Let's (laughs) go with that. The
3: Tim Hortons. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I kept seeing all these little like um, little things, these little, (laughs) these little Tim bits. Yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes um <laughs> that <Ha-ha.
3: laughs> uh, I was like, "Oh Canada, um, and, and like seeing like the Tim Hortons in the back was one of them, and I was like,, ah, my home <laughs> um yeah i I thought the writing the story was good, and um, I thought the characters were, were interesting, and um it was it was exciting. I didn't love the art, but I thought it was pretty good um and the artist is Canadian, so I, he gets bonus points for that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you should check it out, guys. I mean, it's it's like let's let's be real here. Um, it's no saga <laughs> yet, but it's still pretty good.
2: And it, this is the limited series, right? I, I don't. The numbering isn't on the inside, but it's uh, this is the limited series that he's yes. doing.
3: Well, um, inevitably we kick your ass. So I mean, yeah, that's going to come pretty quickly. So
2: we'll see. I don't know. Steve, <laughs> what did you think of the book? I thought it was okay.
1: Um get out. <laughs> no, I thought it was okay. I make I make a lot of trips to Canada, so uh Canadian by proxy. If if no. I what <laughs> hey man, I'm there pretty much once a month for about nine days.
3: That is not Canadian by proxy. That's just like you're a fan of Canada.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Big fan.
4: There are levels, I guess, of this.
1: Um I appreciated Oh, like the little Canadian Easter eggs that were in it. Some of them were really chuckle worthy seeing that, uh, Tim Hortons is still around in that time and very, like, it's, like, it's plastered on the side of this gigantic, like, just corporate ass building with all these like huge windows and spires and, and stuff. And I'm just like, of course, of course it <laughs> yes. is. Um, the news programs on the CBC, like all this, all these little things. You mentioned the Rush uh, reference. Yeah. I thought all of that was really clever. Uh, the art I thought was very cool. Um, like Bob said, some of the faces were a little strange. Um, the action sequences i thought I thought the robot stuff was probably some of my favorite aspects of the book. I am curious about the main character, but aside from like a couple of chuckles and some cool action uh scenes, the one thing that I didn't take away I've gotten nothing for the the team that that Amber meets in the woods, like personality the C-A-F? yeah, like personalities the the two four or whatever they're mm-hmm. we're calling themselves. Um, not enough time. Like they, they kind of swoop in and, you know, get her out of a spot. And, but I just, I didn't feel any warmth or feel like I got enough information to, to kind of latch onto any of the characters in the book. Um, hopefully that's to come. If this is going to be a limited series, we're going to get into that or maybe we won't, I don't know. Um, really, really cool concept, really fun to play with. Like I said, being back and forth to Canada, the United States, I'm kind of torn between both sides. Like, I don't really know who I want to see come out on top, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I read it. I read it twice and I, I just, I walked away from it. And I was like, all right, like that was cool. Um, but coming off of some of Brian K Vaughn's other stuff, it, it just didn't have that first issue punch for me that, that much of his other stuff has in the past so but definitely fun um and i i feel like i have to i I have to read this um and the concept is is very very cool so what do you think bobby
2: i loved it i i think that a uh it's obvious that canada started it (laughs) the the first page kind of i think i think shows that so it's gonna be your people's fault stephanie um, it's
3: never Canada's fault. That
2: it happened. And I think
3: inevitably we'll find that out as um, the story <laughs> carries on.
2: Uh, but I will say also that I think that the idea of going to war uh, for water, which I think maybe to some people seem like a ridiculous thing, is actually like what kind of people are predicting is going to eventually happen. Uh, and Canada has a lot of water. Yeah. Um, I had a... Canadian roommate in grad school and he talked about this very thing that they, they've talked about it before that like that's the thing that's going to happen is eventually when water runs low and becomes the most important natural resource left that Canada has most of the like the fresh water in the, in, in the western hemisphere yeah so that th- that they're gonna end up being invaded because of, because of that. They have some of the best water too. Mm-hmm. There was actually a crackdown
1: on their water because their water had ended up getting poisoned with E. coli
2: mm-hmm.
1: for, and it was really bad. Like, people died. Mm-hmm. It was bad, so they had to do like a complete overhaul of all of that stuff. And now they have some of the best water probably anywhere.
3: I'm pretty sure that was like literally in one town.
1: <laughs> it's still coli is still really bad. And if people yes, died, but that's
3: like one instance of their water, not our whole country. It's I didn't a say it was pandemonium,
2: <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoy the, the lead character. I thought their motivations um, make complete sense. And, you know, if you've seen, let's say like age of Ultron, there's a similar, she has a similar kind of, fire that let's say the twins had in in, in in that movie um i i think it's a cool twist to have the and it's something like we haven't ever seen before but have the robots made to look like animals you know they have they have a that gives them a personality yeah. they wouldn't have if they were just normal uh kind of looking robots uh, i agree about the art i think the art really only suffers when it's like the te- teeth to lip ratio that, that yes. that's weird.
4: That's, I hadn't thought of that, but yes, absolutely right. You know, the like sneer when, when the characters
2: yeah. have like their mouths open and it, whether they're smiling or they're sneering, it,
4: it, it looks strange. And there's too many are, gums. Yeah, there are too t- many gums in that yes. shot. It uh,
3: reminds me of how Frank quietly draws, draws his people. Mm. Yeah, there is some. I think there's yeah. some
4: resemblance there. Absolutely.
2: So much teeth and gums. <laughs> <laughs> Just saw your tweet, Stephanie. Thanks a
4: lot. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Lips together, teeth apart, or the other way around.
2: <laughs> what I what I love about the book, though, is that... Uh, I, and it shows kind of Branky Vaughn's, um, I think, confidence as a writer, is that he, he lets the art speak for itself at times. There are like two or three pages where there's no words at all. Mm. And... and I think that's a great use of the medium and the way it works. Uh, I love the way the team kind of fights and the weapons they employ, um, and I love that he is slightly, he's slowly, in miniature, in miniature ways, playing against what you think is going to happen. Especially there's a scene at the end where they kind of challenge the girl to do yes. something, uh, which I, I thought w- was was a good take on that. And uh, you know, I, I like the team. I, th- I thought that they do a good job of kind of drawing in kind of large strokes who they all are. You know, you have like the guy who is kind of like the The wise ass like has always has something to say. Mm-hmm. Has all, the whole Superman speech. Um, you know, you have yeah. the leader who who's yeah, seen, Chief McFadden, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. Who I think you definitely get a sense there as well. You know, and I like the fact that they seem like you know they've definitely had to survive on, on their own, and they've only had to do a lot of stuff they're probably not proud of, but they still all have. There's no, there did not seem to be like a mob mentality with them, you know. They, they they come upon her, and there's the question of whether or not she is our main character because she's out in the wilderness by herself. Whether or not she's a traitor, whether or not she's a, a spy, uh, but they don't just kind of take her out, you know. They, they have, um, they have like a, a discussion about it, and, and and there's some shades there, which I enjoyed, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, and the premise itself is going to be, it, it is is silly on, on, on its face. Um, and I think that you create a kind of fun story from that, kind of like a reverse um, Red Dawn type of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 in some ways. With, with giant robots. With giant robots, <laughs> which I enjoyed. And yeah, it, it's not <laughs> it's not playing in the same space as, let's say, Saga, but it, it is, I think, doing something different and, and interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing you know, how this kind of limited series wraps itself up. Mm-hmm. Good Amen. pick, Bob. Good pick, oh, Bob. Thank you. Uh, let's certainly, let's go to our, our listeners who had some feedback on this. Um, first of my name, who's at Wickenhouse says, really enjoyed. We stand on guard. Interesting. Seeing the U S as the antagonist art was great. Must be good water. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ross aftermath says, who's at bastard Blogger says simple. We stand on guard was phenomenal all around. Loved it. Um, we've got, uh, Carol Channing Tatum, uh, says, <laughs> um let's see i'm trying to find the first it had a, a few tweets uh oh my god um okay uh okay so was the u.s invasion related to the incident on the cbc at the beginning of the issue or was it about water as one character stated knowing Vaughn's work it's probably neither loved it uh, also i felt an odd mix of excitement and horror i've not felt since hickman destroyed my city in his avengers run uh at ice cream genius says i liked it but as a canadian it felt very pandering also, LOL at the CBC still being around in 2112. There you go. <laughs> um, at Simuli file says, I dig it. Brian K. Vaughn is asking, would we go to war with familiar neighbor Canada had we been attacked by Canadian terrorist groups? Um, at Liberal Bash and says, compelling story. Good art. Probably grab the next issue. Uh, at Nikki, who's at I Am Asian Batgirl, said, love this first issue so much, but my excitement was tempered by the fact it's just a limited series. Uh, at Larry's comics as we stand on guard, a Brian K. Vaughn and Steve Scroche seemed like visual pitch for a TV show. Red Dawn meets Pacific rim. Kind of, yeah. um, at Bamber Hill says, I wonder where it will go. I've heard people mad that USA is always the bad guys. Uh, we stand on guard we shows are the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> we stand on guard shows. What a versatile writer Vaughn is. Pencils were beautiful. Um, music city comics at just drew vg says i like great characters giant robots and great story so i loved we stand on guard uh solid snake lives in canada too crossover um <laughs> uh chris who's that huge tiny mistake says really loved this great detailed art engaging story and loved the origin story also usa 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 uh brad pinder um tweeted uh so he said Past all the obvious Canadian public placement, I was a, It was a fun read. I enjoyed the two fours. And yes, I'm Canadian, and I'm no. And I'm not a hockey fan. And he said, also, this made me smile, which was the Superman's motherfucking Canadian line. <laughs> and he he has a. And he has a Canadian. He has a Superman tattoo. Sorry. On his arm, and he is Canadian, so what made him happy. Um, at Tim Vargulish says, read it while trying the new hot dog pizza from Pizza Hut. I'll definitely read oh the next issue, God. but will not order the pizza again. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, David Spear, who's at uh, dawvido 06, says, Great introduction to the characters. I laughed a few times, got goosebumps, and used Google Translate. I'm on board. Um, Jason Dunn, uh, who's at CTS Finest, says, Wow, that's my review of the book, The Art is Spectacular. Um, Who is this magnificent wordsmith, Brian K. Vaughn? And what other works has he penned? Sarcasm. Looks like I need to catch up on Saga. I mean, start reading it because I haven't yet. Don't judge me. Oh, also, I like how one character's name is done to. No relation. Um, So we've got uh, Milena, who's... uh, I will endeavor to read the second issue and see if the story's development manages to capture me. The art is truly beautiful. We Stand on Guard has an interesting premise, but the first issue wasn't enough to convince me of the quality of the story yet. Um... Let's see here. Anybody else? Nope. That's it. But thank you very much, everybody, who responded with hashtag TCBOTW. Steve, what book can they read to participate in Talking Comics Book of the Week next week?
1: Well, if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> try again. <laughs> next week's uh, shared book of the week will be Archie, number one, ah. from Mark Wade and Fiona Staples, because I don't think I need to give you a reason. <laughs> Fiona Staples drawing. We definitely
3: Archie. didn't bully him into this.
1: <laughs> no, after after my my Archie versus Predator debacle, I think <laughs> I have I have something to make up for, and mm-hmm. I've already talked to a few people that have read this and have just been shouting it from the rooftops that it's spectacular, and uh, I'm i very 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 much am looking forward to it. I think it's an interesting that it's already coming out, and then that whole uh, Kickstarter thing seemed like if they had done that. That would have been a real, like
2: the fastest Kickstarter turnaround in history. Well, this wasn't part of that Kickstarter. Oh, wasn't? No, this was the, the point of that Kickstarter was to capitalize off of this. Ah, was to was to continue to expand this new Archie universe. Okay, in a faster way was okay. was the point of that Kickstarter. Uh, well, yeah. hopefully, this book is amazing. So, yeah,
1: that, that, Archie yes. number one from Archie Comics. All right, awesome. Yeah, so that's what you guys have to read for next week. And there's no reason why you won't be able to find one. There's like 16 different covers for this thing. There
2: is. It should be in a lot of stores, I'm going to assume. Yes. Um, all right. We had some listener questions to get through before we get out of this place. Um, at Juicerelli uh, uh, says, Can you have a discussion about San Diego Comic-Con, from the great things about it to the overcrowding, and suggest other cons? Stephanie, before we came back from the break, you were sighing about san diego comic-con um i don't think any, none of us have ever been there other than you uh so what is it like and is there i know that the overcrowding is might be a big issue is there anything that you enjoyed about it over other cons um or is it just kind of a total wash for you
3: no i mean i think that it's worth experiencing at least once um it, it's one of those shows though that you have to go to sooner rather than later if you kind of do want to experience it for the comic side because that is quickly dying. Um, it is very much largely a movie and TV show convention now. You know, a lot of the big um, movies will get announced there. Footage will get revealed there. Um, and comic book announcements will happen, but to far less of a degree. Um, you know, if you want a San Diego experience without going to San Diego um New York is an alternative that's actually getting bigger, but I mean that still has its problems as well. Um, San Diego, you know, is a great climate, it's beautiful, but the show also runs for like so long. It's like once upon a time it was like, our show will be on Saturday and Sunday. Ooh, now we're adding Friday and preview day. You now that's Thursday. Oh, no, we need another day. You know what's preview day? Tuesday. And then we have another day on Wednesday. Let's make it a whole week. And, like, by the end of the week, you just want to die. It's so exhausting. Um, It's too much. Um, You need to, like, pace yourself. Like, actually, you have to, like, put in your itinerary, like, from 12 p.m. till 1 p.m. Lunch. Also pace yourself. Um. It's a cool show. You can get lots of um, exclusive swag if that's your kind of deal. But if, you know, if you're looking for something where you can just meet a lot of creators, um, get one-on-one time with them, um, and have like a really good time, the best shows by far in um, North America, in my opinion, um, Emerald City in Seattle, Heroes Con in North Carolina... And uh, TCAF in Toronto are three of the best shows. Um, TCAF doesn't charge admission at all, so all you need to worry and it doesn't sell out or anything. So all you need to worry about is basically getting to the city. Um, yeah, those ones are amazing. Um, and Heroes Con is pretty much exclusively uh, comics. They don't really bring in um, big exhibitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and movie and TV stuff or like celebrities it's just comics so uh, yeah it really depends on what's your bag like what kind of things do you want to see at a convention Mm -hmm. Um, because at this point in time there's a show that kind of covers just about everything Um, and San Diego unfortunately has pretty much cut out comics so Mm -hmm. if that's what you're going for that's not it that's not your show
2: yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it seems, too, though, that like, the movie studios are starting to pull out a lot of them. like the of big ones are starting yeah. to not, not do it anymore. So I wonder if it's going to start to kind of course correct itself in some way as all these studios start to do their own events to announce all their stuff. Because Marvel's not going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Disney's going at all. Um, and there's another big one. Like, Warner Brothers will be there. But there's another big one that's not going um, mm-hmm. to, to announce stuff. But I don't remember who it is right now. New line?
3: Probably Image.
2: No, no, I mean, image will be there as far as the the publisher. I'm talking about the the movie movies? stuff. Oh, yeah, a lot of them are pulling out. Marvel will be there in the comic book capacity. Universal. It may be Universal, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Marvel will be in their comic book capacity, but the the movie arm won't be there at all this year. Um, which so is no Ant Man clips. Well, no, Man will. I oh, know. I guess Ant Man will be a couple days from being out. That's true. Uh, no, nothing. I mean, they're gonna do those. You know, they did their kind of own event when they announced the whole slate. So I think that's kind of what they're plan is going to be um uh, from, from now on to, to their stuff and a lot of, a lot of big companies mm. are going that way in a bunch of industries you know they're they're focusing more on kind of their own shows and not having to go to these conventions to do it i
1: forgot to mention i actually got to see an exclusive clip of ant-man mm. like before one of the movies i don't think it was inside out but maybe uh before mad max or mm. something like that and uh it was funny
2: yeah it's got a really good review so far It's getting yeah. a lot of really good buzz uh it seems like it's going to be a good one um so, uh, Herbert, who's at Simulophile, says, you are stranded on an island for a year. Only four comics on your pull list delivered via carrier pigeon. Oh, God. What they be. <laughs> <laughs> just, just quoting. I'm just quoting Hubert. Oh, I went to go and look at my phone. I don't take pictures of my books anymore.
1: I there actually go. got to think about this. Well,
2: you know, we got off the top of your head. If you're going to say four books that you just wanted, just name off four books. Uh, these
3: are things that are ongoing.
2: Ongoing, yes. Yeah. Batman. Okay.
1: Uh, Nailbiter. Okay. Mm, God, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, I wish Detective was going on if they weren't leaving that book. <laughs> uh, come back to me. I'm sorry. Okay. So
2: you got two so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Stephanie?
3: Um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Okay. Um, I'm gonna also say, uh, Coffin Hill. Saga. And... Supposing that um, let's like say hypothetically, um, uh, Genevieve Valentine stays on Catwoman. I'd I'd love to keep up with that. All
4: right, Bob. I second the Squirrel Girl vote. Silver Surfer, Ms. Marvel. And I'd say Lady Killer, but that doesn't count, so I'll say Velvet.
2: All right. Very nice. Very, very nice. Batman, definitely, of course. Um, Saga, definitely. Uh, Sex Criminals. um, I would say Daredevil, but Mark Waid's run is ending in about two issues. So um, I don't know. I think the Charles Soule 1 is going to be good but it's not one of those things where I could say like, that's of the four books I would, yeah. I would need to be in my, I, I, I need that, those books. Um, so that's always kind of my go-to um, uh, list of books. So it's tough for me to think, and it, thinking off the top of my head, like what book do I not want to live without? Um, man, it's really tough. It's a really, really, it tough really tough call. Because honestly, and it says something about like what I'm truly, truly like excited about, you know, right now. Um, I do love Silver Surfer, but... Until they announce that it's it's ongoing again, I I, mm-hmm. I I can't take I can't take that that leap of faith. It's sounds silly because most of the Marvel stuff is is done and it's all kind yeah. of new again. So I don't know what it, what the quality level is going to be when when we come back from um, from that stuff. So who knows what what that, what that that's going to be like. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my fourth one would be. Do you have do you have you figured out something out Steve? I'm gonna run with Saga and Deadly Class. Oh, Deadly Class is a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. The book is always
1: solid and it it taps into so many things that I love. There's so many references to things that have been a part of my life for so many years that uh, there's always something. What was I reading the other day that uh, in the background there was a hum poster, the Downward is Heavenward album. That's the Mm. band that's touring with Failure that I'm going to see next month, that like my bucket list of bands, they're the last band to cross off of my list and they're playing with Failure Mm. that night. Ike, oh God, I don't know what it was, but I was reading something and that poster was in the background. And I flipped out. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, somebody else listens to this band. Amazing.
2: But yeah, Saga and Deadly Class. Nice. This
1: would be would be my other two.
2: All right. Um, Bob, I know that you actually had something for this one, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you. Um, uh, Sammy Cassell says, For my kid talk, I need some examples of comics and real-life meeting other than 9-11 um, Amazing number 584 volume 2 and number 36.
4: Well, uh, I'll leave the I'll leave one for you, okay, because you were going to assign that for one of our books of the week early. What was I? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't even yes. remember what you're the, talking about. <laughs> the you can say it. I don't care. The March, John Lewis. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. Was, and I picked uh, Lily yeah. Renee, Escape Artist, which is by Trina Robbins and Ann Timmons, which is about a woman who's a Holocaust survivor and became one of comics early. Artistic mm-hmm. stars mm-hmm. for a timely, and it's just really, really well done. Ann Timmons also did "Go Girl" with uh, Trina Robbins, and it's, it's a, a really, really, really lovely book. Uh, some nice biographical information. Late, but it's a true and harrowing escape story. It's a great story.
2: Yeah, um yeah. March. It, there's two volumes of it now. John Lewis, who is a senator um, or rep- sorry, a, a congressman, um, and was a big part of the civil rights movement um, in the '60s. Uh, it's it's a really great read it looks beautiful um it's very educational but it's also very entertaining and interesting so uh that's definitely something that you can you could you could check out yeah um you know i I think that there's if you're looking for like historical like things are just pure historical um you know i i don't know very many but there's stuff that's very kind of evocative like uh it's very heavy but mouse by art spiegelman which is is about the the holocaust i want to read that is, is is unbelievably moving and, and really a, an important book to, to read. Um, so that's something as well that that you could possibly check out if you're looking for something that, that, that brings in reality into things, but maybe isn't great choice exactly real. Yeah. Stephanie, do you know any kind of comic meeting real life stuff?
3: Yeah. Hang on. My cat. Um, the question, sorry, just can you repeat it just one more time?
2: Yes, uh, Sammy Cassell does like talks for you know for, for its kids and the um for my kid talks I need some examples of comics and, and real life meeting.
3: Yeah, Lily Renee would have been a really good one. That one's awesome.
2: Um just grabbing on Bob's coattails.
3: Hey. I read that one like <laughs> yes, an advanced yes. review copy of that like years ago. Well so aren't, you so so it, <laughs> aren't you so special?
2: Aren't you so special? I
3: will. You should have seen his face. Physically <laughs> bite you, Bobby Shortle. Um, no, I can't think of anything. Carry okay. on. All right,
2: <laughs> all right. Um, let's see what else here. Um, so Gary Chapin says the idea of uh, post Secret Wars and post Convergence is just exhausting. Help me out, please. Sorry, Steve. What, what were you going to say? Ah, uh, Persepolis. Oh, yes, awesome yes. one. That is a great book. Um, everyone should read Persepolis. Yeah, it's uh, Marjane, uh, uh, Strappy. Yeah, yeah. It's an it's a, a amazing, amazing book, amazing movie. Yeah,
4: phenomenal movie. Yeah,
2: definitely something to check out. Um, and I'm sure there's many. I'm sure there's many, many more uh, like that. Yeah. I just
4: I don't have. I just hit me Barefoot Gen, which I talked about. Oh yeah, about of course. The Hiroshima bombing. There's yeah. actually
2: two volumes to. Uh, oh, Blankets.
1: Mm-hmm. Blankets is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, that book. Uh, Craig Thompson
2: uh, yeah. is Blankets. So Gary, his head is hurting and he's exhausted from the ideas of post-Secret Wars and post-Convergence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that post-Convergence, uh, it doesn't seem to really have much effect other than the fact that it kind of opened up continuity again so they could grab from other parts. Um, the idea of things not being eliminated, just evolving. So the characters you're seeing are just evolutions of the characters who came before, not necessarily, those characters don't exist anymore. Uh, so I think that's going to be seen more subtly throughout the You know, throughout the line of books, you're going to see them bringing in probably storylines and ideas and characters and relationships that maybe you thought were gone.
4: Yeah. And they'll be back to things that were used for years and years and years Mm -hmm. without them having to now be Elseworlds. They can be these other places. Mm -hmm. If they want to cross them, they can. Yeah. And, yeah, you'll have to do a little research, maybe. But you know what? That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Reading comic books for research. Not so bad. <laughs> uh, and Secret Wars, I mean, I, I
2: think that we now have a clearer picture, uh, m- much more than we did before, uh, which it seems like uh, we know that's, what, eight months mm-hmm. after when when we start, after, after Secret Wars is over, and that w- what we're not sure of right is if, they rem- if the characters remember the events of Secret Wars. So we do know they remember... What came before that? It, but but they're they're separated from it. That that whatever happened there, you know, whatever happens after has become much more of a a collection of things. You know, much, more like Crisis on an Earth when kind of things crashed together a little bit and characters ended up being all contained in the same universe. So you know, you don't think of it. It's basically condensing the multiverse into one planet or maybe two because we have spider-gwen which makes it a yeah. little that's when it starts getting a little bit hairy when you're like okay but there is this other planet that still exists and it's in another dimension mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff uh but it seems basically like they're squashing down the multiverse you know and putting and keeping characters that they want to keep and putting them in the main marvel universe and then um you know kind of going on from there uh they've been very clear now which seem which didn't seem when they were first talking about it that all that history is not erased it's just been kind of reconfigured a little bit uh with with the melding of the of the worlds together. Uh, it's those two pizzas. together. two pizzas together. smashed together and oh, stuff stuck oh. to it, you know other stuff fell on the floor. And oh. Whatever's left on the pizza is what's left in the universe. Brilliant. It seems very haphazard. It seems like, oh well, we just smash things together and then whatever's stuck stays. Yeah.
4: You're throwing up crap at the wall Yeah, some little stick.
2: Um I would say just don't worry about it until you have to worry about it. <laughs> Um,
4: you might have to worry
2: yeah you might you might Uh, and at liberal bastion wants to know what writers are you the most conflicted about have made some really great things but also some really problematic things Mark Miller (laughs) Um, I would have to say if
1: I had to choose two it would be Grant Morrison and Warren Ellis okay Um, Warren Ellis I, I want I want to be there like I want to be there with him. I want to get into his stuff. like we were just talking about the Image Expo, and you talked about a, a book that he's writing, and just the the cover art the image that they that they give you looks awesome. It looks right up my alley. Uh, it actually looks like a little character out of that video game, Fear. Yes, it that does. came out a long mm-hmm. time ago. Mm-hmm. and i I want to love it, and I want to be like I, I want to be one of those people, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I want to be one of those people that walks away from that book and be like, "I got it. I got it like all you you know all you other people you don't have no idea but I got it and I don't I don't have it I've never had it and I've walked away from just about all of his stuff not only not understanding it but not getting the appeal a hundred percent either and I know like our friend Melissa Warren Ellis is her jam like that's that's her guy Um, and the other thing with, with Grant Morrison I've enjoyed a lot of his stuff And again, same thing. There's a couple of his things that there's something very appealing to them. They bring me in, but there's just there's too many dark spots in my understanding of his story. And I like picking things apart and kind of dissecting stories. But when I have too many parts laid out on the table, I start to get overwhelmed. And that then encroaches on my enjoyment of said story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're both talented writers um and people that i want to understand i just they drive me nuts because i i feel like i I feel like i'm i'm the kid who like after they were done picking teams in gym it was like an odd numbered day and both the teams are even and i'm just standing there no nobody wants to to play with me so i've got to go into the coach's office and file things Mm-hmm. With my headphones. What an on, analogy. Like a, I like that. I used to do that. I didn't play gym for the last six years of my schooling. So I worked I couldn't. So mm-hmm. I, I they let me I was the one kid who was able to bring his disc man or whatever into school and not have it confiscated because I would wow. work for teachers when I couldn't participate in certain uh classes mm-hmm. because I was not doing well. So um but yeah, I've wound up on that that dodgeball team or not on the team many times except for the one day where I played flag football and they threw it to me because I was the one guy that you never throw to yeah, right. and I got the winning touchdown. <laughs> it was glorious. Yeah. Nice. High five. That's right.
4: <laughs> yep. See, I got to bring comics to school and I didn't complain. That's awesome. So that worked out pretty I well. I read a
1: lot. I sat yeah. on the mats and I read a lot. I also got things thrown at me which was not fun.
4: But that's okay. So I worked in the school library. Did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. out and, and put books in plastic and made up library cards. And stuff. <laughs> but played gym. So what do I know? What I did for
1: my gym credits was a joke. Like, I I, I went in, it took me all of 10 minutes to get everything filed, and I just sat and I listened to music the whole period. (laughs) So I had like 45 minutes during the school day where
4: I could just rock out. It was awesome. Could have had square dancing. All right, back to the question. The (laughs) question. I have three. Okay. Steve has two. I have three, and they encompass all the ages of comics. Okay. How do you like that? All right. Robert Kaniger... Who uh, created the Metal Men, which I absolutely love, but also ruined Wonder Woman after Doctor Marston died and made it into a romance book and weakened her and just turned it into a joke. And by the '60s, she was dating Amoeba Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really, it's just terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, more modern, Frank Miller, mm-hmm. some of which I absolutely love, the Daredevil stuff. What it, what it has now turned into, uh, ultra-violent ultra-political, ultra-mean-spirited to my way of thinking, not for everyone, but to me. And Jonathan Hickman, <laughs> who's Fantastic Four is among the best things I've ever read and what has followed in the wake of however many 70-odd issues of Avengers and New Avengers into this very deconstructed, secret wars and the tie-ins that go with it. I it's not that I even can't wrap my head around it. I don't want to wrap my head around it. I'm just bored silly.
2: <laughs> and, and Stephanie, you said Mark Miller, but is there are you really conflicted about him or is there stuff that you like from him, or is it just you don't like him?
3: I I don't like I, I think that he's just not completely awful i think that he doesn't know how to write women and that he thinks that and this isn't just you know like i mentioned the wonder woman thing Mm -hmm. and this is something we've talked about on the show a few times so if anyone uh who's listening um doesn't know you know that we've kind of mentioned this um you know he he uses rape as a plot device for women just constantly like it's like the only thing it's like that he knows for women it's like what will make this woman tormented and give her like a really awful past rape uh what would make this woman you know like what what can we do to justify her being a villain rape um and everything with him is just like well let's just rape the women um so that that gets a bit tiring for uh, me and I think for women in comics in general. Um, I think, you know, some of the stuff he's done translates better to film. You know, Kick-Ass was a lot of fun. Kingsman was a lot of fun. Um, But I think he's also a bit of a sellout in that sense where he basically just writes things for the screen. Just like, comics doesn't make me any money. Hollywood does, though. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and Hollywood's just like, Let's let's keep an eye on this Mark Miller fella. Let's let's just buy everything he does. As evidenced by chrononauts being bought like three hours after it came out. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I think he has talent, but I think if he's going to continue to use rape as a plot device for women, maybe he should stop putting women in comics because that's not Plot device mm. to keep using—it's just lazy.
2: Uh, um, Mark Miller is one for me too, Stephanie. Um, where there are certain things that I love, you know, that he's done: um, Old Man Logan, uh, Red Sun uh, I think are both fantastic. Uh, you know, I I really I do love
3: Red Sun as well.
2: Yeah, uh, Kickass is really good. Kingsman is really good. Starlight, the new one he came out, is really good. But there's like, I read the first issue of Chrononaut, and I couldn't care less, you know, about it. Um, and that happens with a lot of his stuff. I feel like. Sometimes it just it isn't for me. It doesn't jive with 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 what I want to read, and, and sometimes I think he sensationalizes just to sensationalize, whether it be violence or violence against women or or in general, uh, and, and something like that. Just sometimes that can play for me, and sometimes it it doesn't. And He's it, just
3: like the king of women in refrigerators.
2: <laughs> um, War- He's a manna. Uh, Warren Warren Ellis is is also one for me where like. I think that next wave is like one of my favorite things ever um but I had the same thing where sometimes he writes stuff, and I just I have a hard time piercing it uh and Jeez. trees yeah trees supreme blue rose There's is a lot of the newer stuff like i I will be fully admitted to like I have not really gone back and read a ton of of his older work. I know that my wife Karen loves trans metropolitan. I've never really dug into it you know, very much. That's really good. Um, you know, I know people who love The Authority, stuff like that, which, which he's written, uh, which is also if I want to read, because I'm reading Injection right now. I was just going to ask you about that. And although it's very confusing, I am really enjoying it. How was the second issue? It was really good. Very different. You know. Like I said in the show, it's like, somehow it was a simpler plot, but more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how that's possible. How far did you go with Trees? I read the first like three issues, I think. I wonder because I saw the
1: the trade is is out yeah and I had it in my hands and mm-hmm. then I wound up uh, getting twenty seven instead gotcha but um I wonder if it would, if that's something that would read better and trade like more comprehensible
2: maybe I mean I know a lot of people who really who really enjoyed it so I, I wonder about that um you know and for me the thing about and I I mean Graham Morris obviously is my, one of my favorite writers of all time I there are stuff stuff that I read where I'm just like no this isn't something this is too this is too far. You know, for me, like, it's just, it goes beyond the, like, the amount of obfuscation that I love from him and goes into, like, I'm just, it's okay. like I- I- Impenetrable. I- impenetrable yeah. for me. And, and you know, but the thing is, like, I will take that impenetrableness to get the stuff that I get that I just absolutely go crazy for. What was that
1: crazy book of his that we had for our shared book of the week? Nameless
2: yeah um i only read the first issue i'm gonna get the trade when it comes out because i want to read it in because i enjoyed it i like the idea of it i just mm-hmm. I, I i would i want to read it all kind of put together. is it finished
4: because
2: I, I haven't seen it on the stat on the shelves no i mean i think it i think four issues have come out though okay um and so i i you know i want to see where all of that kind of heads and, and goes um but yeah, I mean that. The, those, the, for me, I think. I in think considering, we share like a lot of the same kind of kind of people in that way, and I'm sure that way with Hickman too. Not not for the same things, like sometimes with the, um, w- with the creator owned stuff. I like pure, like unfiltered Hickman. It, it just isn't my jam. Sometimes, sometimes I just can't take what what what's going mm-hmm. on there. Um, but I mean, th- those are just you know, I think. Those are just kind of taste things for me as far as w- what I want f- from my books, but yeah, I think that. But I, I'm of the mind that it's not always the truth. But you know, M- I'll use M. Night Shyamalan as a, as a reputation here. He's made some really fantastic movies, but he's made just as many, if not more, really bad movies. Some of them, some of the worst movies you have ever seen in your entire life. The Happening is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life.
4: I tried watching that a month or two ago. It is it's miserable. so bad. It was The Wind. It was The Wind. Yeah, it's yeah, not it even was. that.
2: It's not even that idea. I think that he is fine, but the way he executes it is horrible. Um, hmm. And but in my mind, like it takes somebody who has the potential to do genius stuff to do something that bad, and it still get made by somebody. You know, like this this studio was still was like, here's all this money, make this movie. They saw the script, you know, they knew what it was going to look like, but they have a belief in like his 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 ability for to give him the chance to do this horrible movie. How do you maybe think Maybe
3: he's a wizard.
1: Maybe
2: he is. Yeah.
1: I think Will Smith and his son wound up working with him in that like After Earth movie.
2: Um I don't know. Money. Um, money. Uh, but I think that um, How do
3: you think Ben Kingsley uh, Sorry, Oscar winner Ben Kingsley worked with Yui Bowl. I was going to say,
1: <laughs> nice. I've seen Ben Kingsley yeah. in
2: some real shit. Ben shed. Kingsley will do anything for a paycheck. You've you seen it? him in The Love
4: Guru? I haven't seen the movie, but oh, I know he's in it.
1: Look it up on YouTube. Yeah. It is atrocious. <laughs> Michael
4: w- Caine, who was working in the 80s and yeah. 90s, yeah, I, I'm filling up the checkbook. Yeah, and that's,
2: whatever, that's fine. Yeah. My thing is, I don't think that, I think After Earth is a Will Smith project that he developed Um which I think because I think he's like sort of like got the Scientology thing going on yeah. or whatever. And that's kind of one of those stories. And I think they brought in M. Night Shyamalan after that because it wasn't like a from the ground up M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. thing. But uh, I mean, you got on a whole M. Night Shyamalan
4: thing, yeah. but <laughs> it's, it's, it's Will Smith's version of Battlefield Earth. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Just as effective. Uh, but so I think sometimes that, that's the case. Like, when you have somebody who has kind of big ideas and wild ideas and can be a genius, sometimes they don't It just doesn't work. And they don't, and because they're so good at it, they never see the fact that it doesn't work. And so I think that um, that happens with some really great writers and and artists as well.
4: And that's why you are conflicted because there could be good. It's not the Michael Bay thing, yeah, where it's you know it's going to suck, yeah. Or you know, there is, there is even if it's good, it's going to be very surface good. There
2: is not like even Michael Bay's best movies, right? Like The Rock.
4: That's i absolutely, absolutely love the rock yes
2: um it's good on the surface it's just a really great action movie you know but you're never gonna get anything more than that there isn't more to get from the michael bay stuff
1: godspeed <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but yeah thank you very much for for the questions folks yeah. um you can get in touch with us at talking comics uh, on twitter facebook.com slash talking comics and podcast at books.com is the email address Go to talkandcommentbooks.com for all of our reviews, columns, and, of course, our bevy of podcasts. The Misfits with Stephanie Cook, Melissa Megan, and Mara Wood. What did you folks talk about this week, Stephanie? Well,
3: unfortunately, I didn't have internet, so I wasn't there. So but, everybody um, go listen to the show. Mara <laughs> headed up the discussion. I had to edit it, Bobby, so shut <laughs> up. Um, and uh, they just basically did a big recommendation show. Uh, Katie Rex joined in and... Who else Lauren. Was there? Lauren Lauren was there mm-hmm. um Lauren joined us well joined them and then <laughs> next week um I believe Maria Norris is coming on the show and Angela Fowler and um Mara and Melissa are leading a very nerdy discussion on Star Trek nice yeah,
2: very nice um talking games Steve say yeah. Justin Townsend Jackie Turner yeah What the hell's going on this week?
1: This week, we're actually going to have a new uh, person on the show. Oh. Yes. So um, our good friend Rob is uh, taking a bit of a sabbatical from the show, and until he's ready to come back, where his seat is always warm and welcome... Uh, we're going to have kind of a rotating chair and see who fits until he's ready to come back. So Justin's friend, Bob, is going... We have another, yet another, Bob. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we already discussed that we're going to have to give him a new name. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, we've landed on Humphrey. <laughs> Humphrey's so good. Humphrey's going to be joining us uh, tomorrow. <laughs> and it's... Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's probably going to be uh, a lot of uh, catching up with Batman. And I'm going to go on and on about Heroes of the Storm because I can't get enough.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we were talking movies. Brian Verderosa, Chris Oliphant, and Nick scalia They're doing a whole Spike Lee lesson plan mm-hmm. right now. They just did Jungle Fever. It's out right now. And they also talked about their list of shame.
4: Yeah, they don't have the thread up, because I want to give Brian some grief. <laughs> did you listen to it already? No, I haven't gotten the chance to uh, listen. I want to listen and then comment, but the, oh, threads, the okay. thread's not up. Well, that's up, up to Lenny Reed. So Lenny Reed yeah, so up. I'll have <laughs> to off. talk to Lenny about that, because we did the <laughs> list of shame, and I wanted did Brian watch any of the last list of shame <laughs> that we not. had? I'm sure not. Probably not.
1: Their Jurassic World show was awesome.
2: Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I listened to it. It was great. Um and they've done some the Spike Lee stuff has been as really interesting as well. They did um Malcolm X, they did uh, Summer of Sam and now they're doing Jungle Fever.
1: Uh Bob Loren says, "Sir, Ben Kingsley." She she loves <laughs> this watch. She's sir just
4: Sir was the comma Ben Kingsley. Yeah. She's speaking to me as an old person named <laughs> sir Ben Kingsley or you you he's to take sir. It up ben with her he's, a, he's a sir. Oh, that's right. He's been. Is, in. is he okay? Yes. Um, United.
2: <laughs> we also have talking valiant uh, with oh. w- with Adam Shaw, of course. And uh, check out the special edition feed for comics and coffee and uh, backup stories. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for for this week. Some some big books coming out. What's up? I have something. Oh, of course, and personal right. stuff too. All right, Staff. Personal stuff ah, from the beginning yeah. of the show. What are, you to, what are you doing? Personal Twitter handles.
4: Oh, oh yeah, I know that. that, that goes that's at the later. Very end. You
2: sounded like you were ready to
4: pack. No, it no, in. that goes Disney at the was. very,
2: very end. I'm, I'm
1: breaking in.
4: Yeah. Stephanie, did you see the previews for September?
3: Not yet. I have it in my car.
4: There's a book coming from Dwar- Drawn and Quarterly. You might be interested. Called Step Aside Pops. Yep. <laughs> it's the new Kate Beaton. Hell so yeah. Hark a Vagrant collection called Step <gasps> Aside Pops. With a very everything's
3: right in the world. <laughs> so
4: excited for that! September twenty second. Very nice.
3: <gasps> That's like just in time for my birthday.
4: <laughs> wink, wink. much. Wink. <laughs> <nudge, nudge.
0: laughs>
3: just saying.
2: Everybody out there.
3: Just saying. My She's going to get September like nine 18th. copies. Yes.
2: <laughs> um. All right yeah so also, guys um if you want to check out the patreon go to the, go to our patreon page see if you want to be be a supporter of, of talking comics check out our shop as well if you want to get in touch with us personally though i'm at bobby shortle uh steve i am at dead underscore anchor uh stephanie
3: i'm at hello cookie and bob and
4: still at bob
2: reyer at talkingcomicbooks.com all right and that's gonna do it for the talking comics podcast for this week for steve Burrito Loco rules. Bob. And Stephanie.
3: Welcome to Burrito Loco.
2: I have been Bobby. (laughs) Until next time on Talking Comics, to be...